hey, I'm adding this to the podcast. Like, this wasn't on the original one that I uploaded just a few days ago. So this is for, like, new people. So check this out. Pop Culture Leftovers has been nominated for a podcast award, I believe, through discoverpods.com in the entertainment category. So there's this Google Doc that you can vote on. And so basically, I don't care what you vote for, like, the other categories. Don't give a crap. Vote for whoever you want. Eh, Just vote on, like, who you think has the best name if you've never heard of any of those podcasts. Or eeny, meeny, miny, mo. Catch some tigers, okay? I don't care what you do. But once you get to the entertainment pop culture category, please vote for Pop Culture Leftovers. It would be much appreciated. Uh, Voting ends on December 10th. I'm going to put the link to the voting in our show notes. So there's no reason why you should not vote for Pop Culture Leftovers unless you truly hate us. And then I completely understand. Do whatever you need you feel like to do. Um, So, all right, do whatever you need to feel like to do. Hey, you know what? Yeah, don't vote for us. I can't even talk correctly. But anyway, thank you guys so much. Um, It would be uh, incredible. It's just incredible that we're even on a list to begin with that's not like, (laughs) that has nothing to do with like the FBI or or uh, the FCC. So it's cool to not be on one of those lists. Um, Anyway, vote for Pop Culture Leftovers, uh, discoverpods.com. The document, the link for the document is going to be in the show notes for this episode. You can also head over to our website, popcultureleftovers.com, and click on this episode, episode 260, and the link for the Discover Pods Awards will be in that link. Okay, guys? Thanks a lot. I really appreciate it. You're all awesome. Warning. Pop culture leftovers might not be suitable for people who can't handle insane amounts of profanity, so you might want to fuck off. Pop culture leftovers might take its time getting around to its advertised content as well. If this is a huge problem for you, then you too can fuck off. Pop culture leftovers typically has a long run time as well. If you can't handle a four to six hour podcast, then you probably won't like us, and you too can join the aforementioned cock thistles and fuck off altogether in unison. Others who may not be able to handle pop culture leftovers include children under the age of 14, if you regularly listen to NPR, are a pregnant woman that has spent most of your first, second, and third trimester looking at stupid shit on both Etsy and Pinterest. If you tuck in your t-shirts, if you use a Bluetooth headset in public, if you go to motivational speaking seminars, if you have life goals, if you have self-respect, if you have a heart condition, if you're a huge pussy, if you're a huge pussy with a heart condition, or if your name is Melvin, TFS706, or TJ Lamb. Everyone else, please enjoy. Episode 260. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat. But it's all been done before. We don't want to be a copycat. It's a trap. Good it, toss it, good it, taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over, counterculture, push over. Pop culture. Leftovers. Uncool kids. What's to say has already been said. Leftovers. The only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. You're listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. But if I'm being honest, this show creeps me the fuck out. I toss it. Hey, welcome to Pop Culture Leftovers, the only podcast that sounds even better the second day after it's been uploaded. I'm Brian. I'm Jake. 
and we're, we're the, the leftovers. leftovers. All right, Jake. What if, yes. <laughs> what if what if I was a cheesy ass host and I got right I got on here right out of the gate and I was like, just when you thought you finished the last of the Thanksgiving leftovers, and then I delved into our little whole show. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how. I wish you would have done that. I, I can't even imagine how I would have reacted to that. That is a fuck ton of cheese, isn't it? <laughs> it's a lot of cheese. I hate that shit. <laughs> it's not real cheese either. It's like processed oh, cheese. Oh, God. It's so fucking processed. It's disgusting. I would never. I would never. I. I would never start an episode with that. Yeah, you, oh, you thought you were done with the Thanksgiving leftovers? Yeah, fucking whatever. Anyway, yeah, we we got a show for you this week, Jake. Yeah, I'm excited. It's gonna be a good one. <laughs> I don't know. Whatever. I can't. I, I can't make. I can't make those declarations at the beginning of the show. You know what I mean? I just can't. Yeah, I'm just going by the curve. I feel like last week wasn't our best, so it's got to be better. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, it can only go up from last week, right? <laughs> yeah, right? Champion episode coming up here. <sighs> yeah, yeah, we're going to be talking about the... Uh, I got a bunch of rumors for the uh, Avengers 4 trailer, when it's going to hit, so stick around for that later in the show with Marvel News. But uh, first off, I want to announce our guest for the week... We're joined by second-time guest, Neil Tholander. Welcome back to the show, dude. Hello. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Dude, I, I really, I enjoyed the first episode you were on so much. I don't know if our listeners did, but I sure as fuck did. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if they did either, but I'll try and, I'll try and uh, have a good time today again. I, I had a great time last time. so Yeah, we had a great yeah. time with you. Now it sounds like you're going to have to try. <laughs> well, after last week, I mean, oh god, you li- oh, you listened to last week. <laughs> oh man, yeah. Last- hey, anybody do any uh, Black uh, Friday shopping? Yeah, I bought one thing. What'd you get? I bought the uh, Crash Bandicoot trilogy for twenty bucks. Oh, that's not a bad purchase. Did they do anything special with the old Crash Bandicoot? Did they give it like a uh, like a high def thingamajigger or anything with the restoration of the graphics or updating stuff? Yeah, they re- they really did. I actually didn't know that that was going to be the case. I thought it was just going to be the three games as they were, but they really spruced it up. Nice. Like his fur looks more realistic. Just all the backgrounds, mm. full HD. I was actually quite impressed. Like Crash One looks basically like a modern game now. Was Crash Bandicoot was that kind of like their answer, PlayStation's answer to uh, Sonic and Mario? Oh, oh, hundred percent, yes. Okay, yeah, I remember. I, I enjoyed the Crash Bandicoot game. I really did. Yeah, they were super fun. They did something that none of those games had done yet where they kind of mimicked the Raiders of the Lost Ark stuff, right? Where you were running into the screen with stuff chasing you. Yes, yes, they did. That was a lot of fun. I enjoyed those games. I don't think I played them all. I, I know I played the hell out of the first one. but uh, I think I'm in the same boat. I think I beat the first one, beat the second one, never even played the third one. I just think I was on to not playing Crash Bandicoot at that point. You remember, you remember the game Killer Instinct? Oh, I love that game, oh, the Nintendo too. Rare fighting game. Oh, God, it was so much fun. That was a lot of fun. That was that was one of those games where I felt like I really loved the training mode in that one. Because didn't they give you, like, special abilities or, like, or, or prizes or something when you did that? Like, they would change the color of your character and you could have your character go gold or something? Yeah, they, Rare always did a good job with all the unlockables and, like, really making you feel like there was a reason to even just play it by yourself, yeah. you know? That's a game that they need to remake is Killer Instinct. 
Yeah, that was the next thing I was going to say was it's really shocking as great of a game as that was that they didn't make a franchise out of that. It kind of was that one great game and yeah. then nothing. Yeah, didn't it? Did it have an arcade version or am I crazy? Uh, I believe the arcade version actually came first. It was one of Nintendo actually put an arcade console version out before the uh, home console. Yeah, but the home game was just as good, if not better, than the actual arcade itself. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Killer yeah. Instinct was was really good. Rare is owned by xbox now oh really so probably the people that most of the main developers for that game are all xbox exclusive but oh, wow. i don't think that should stop them not at all hey uh neil did you do any uh black friday shopping uh no i just did the hulu deal oh yeah um, yeah 99 yeah. cents you can't beat that 99 cents for 12 months i went ahead and uh signed up and then canceled my old subscription nice so. did you really yeah I, I thought about it, but it's not the uh, no commercial version. Right. And I'm like, I'll fucking pay full price for the no commercials because they drive me nuts. I'm saving like 80 bucks over the next 12 months, though. So I was like, Fuck it. I'm going to do it. Yeah, it gives you time to tweet during the commercial. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my, Black, my Black Friday was a total bust. I waited in line for eight hours at Toys R Us. And, oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it, then it dawned on me. <laughs> oh, man, what a the, the lack of a flyer this year should have been your first time. I know. What was I thinking? What was I thinking? I don't know, man. Ridiculous. Uh, You're like, oh, yeah, I'll pick one flyer up at the store. Yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah. And nobody was in front of me or behind me. I was just like, man, I'm going to get my pick of the litter this this year. The old Toys R Us. Get all the exclusives and, uh, yeah, all the great games and everything. Terrible I used to work at Toys R Us. Did you really? Yeah, I used to build bicycles and power wheels and whatnot for them. (laughs) So Black Friday was – I have very mixed feelings about Black Friday. Oh, I bet. (laughs) Yeah, I bet. Before we jump into our iTunes reviews uh, this week, I want everybody to uh, check out uh, the Leftover Army podcast feed. There's a new podcast on there, so all you have to do is just go to uh, iTunes and just do a search for Leftover Army podcast. It's called uh, Leftover. I can't remember. It's it's called like Leftover Army All Out Monster Attack or something. It's Daniel Hepner's new uh, kaiju related podcast dan i know you're gonna correction tuesday me tuesday me the name i had plenty of time to look it up people just <laughs> i just didn't okay it's 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 no it's great it's 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 daniel hepner and uh eric marable and amanda albers and they talk about kaiju monster films like uh king kong and godzilla and then you know he'll even like he'll dive into the history of the different kaiju it's pretty cool dan did not ask me to plug this i'm just doing it so just look up those episodes they're titled with l-o-m and so those are like uh and I'm, i know somebody's going to tell me the correct title for it and that's fine i i, I could look it up myself it, it's a really long title it's a really cool title but it's just really long and i i just didn't look it up so deal with it but check it out <laughs> yeah you get the gist of it. You get the, the monster leftover army podcast. Exactly. Yeah, there you go. LOM. Check it out. Anyway, let's jump into this week's iTunes reviews. It's one star five. 
Before we do that, Jake. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, dude, you gave me whiplash there because I had to stop my headbang. Red Dead Redemption 2 has been a huge hit amongst video game players. I have not played it. It looks incredible. I've watched a ton of videos for it, though. What would you call... Hmm. Would it be Riverdale Season 3 or the new Dark Phoenix movie coming up? Would you call either one of those Redhead Redemption 2? (laughs) <laughs> I don't know enough about what's going on in Riverdale season three, so I'd go with the X-Men one. All right. Neil? Yeah, I don't watch Riverdale, so I'd have to go with the X-Men as well. All right. It's a clean sweep. Moving on into iTunes reviews. Let's <laughs> 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 break up iTunes review for the dumbest question ever. I just I just wanted the chance to say Redhead Redemption 2. That's all I know. Really Redhead want. Redemption. Yes, exactly. All right. Here we go. iTunes reviews. It's one star five. We don't give a fuck because we really love to hear just how much we suck. Guys, Chris Dubach and your host is a jerk. I'm an opinionated asshole whose dick don't work. Yada, yada, blah, blah, fuck you too. These are iTunes reviews. All right. This week's iTunes reviews. Uh, let's see here. We got one from your boy Habibi, and it's titled A Great Podcast to Listen to. It's a five-star, and it says, This is a fun new podcast for me to listen to. The hosts, Brian and Jake, are amazing hosts who go into their ratings and the opinions on the movies, TV shows, or other things that they talk about. It's also great because if I don't agree with their ratings sometimes, then that gives me a reason to look at that in a different way also. I also enjoy this since they live near me also. I live in Sterling, and how two people from that lives near me. <laughs> this is getting real creepy real quick. <laughs> and how two people from that lives near me can create a great podcast for all nerd-loving comic book reading people that can listen and have a great time. P.S. What happened to the second part of the Rayleigh trilogy that was on episode 232? What is he, what is he talking about? Oh, my gosh. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> the Rayleigh trilogy. <laughs> How is that spelled? R A I L E Y. The Rayleigh trilogy. Episode two thirty two. What were we talking about on episode two thirty two? What is a Rayleigh trilogy? I have no idea. I was trying to look up two thirty two. Fuck! I didn't know there was one Rayleigh, let alone it broke up into three goddamn parts. <laughs> <laughs> oh man either that's a serious misspelling or yeah. we're having like a real big brain fart here i dude i don't honestly i uh your boy habibi uh as far as the old Rayleigh trilogy i think we just kind of lost interest so much that we've actually <laughs> blocked it out of our goddamn brains buddy i have no idea what the fuck you're talking about so i'm glad you listen <laughs> <laughs> 232 right yeah 232 yeah, we talk about tremors we talk about predator yeah and bill and ted three those three things right there is that the Rayleigh trilogy <laughs> <laughs> possibly well, well shit i didn't know we were naming it that sir but fair enough we will <laughs> definitely talk about the second part of that on a future episode i'm sure we will that is a thing yeah, that we will do. 
We will we will close out the trilogy. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry to leave you hanging, buddy. You know, oh. This review cracks me up. I like how he kind of assumes he's surprised that there could be a podcast of this caliber with the of type the, of people that he lives around. Of this caliber. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> of this of this cal of this magnitude of this magnitude. <laughs> <laughs> Jake, it's isn't it weird when when the host okay, hold on, how do I phrase this? I find it weird that the passion for this podcast people are more excited about this podcast than I am. Right? <laughs> isn't that a, that a that's a weird feeling. Yeah, yeah. that is weird. It's weird. <laughs> Anyway, back to that rarely trilogy, guys. What do you think's <laughs> gonna happen in the second part of that bad boy? Oh man, it was a real Empire Strikes Back moment in the middle there. I, I couldn't even predict what <laughs> how it's gonna end. <laughs> Whew, man, oh man, so many different rails. It was oh man, a trilogy, that holy rarely trilogy. Anyway. Yeah, we'll follow up on that whenever I find out what the fuck it is, you boy Habibi. Um, <laughs> next one, next one, dude. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to be rude. I have no idea what you're talking about, Chief. None whatsoever. Seriously, I think you might even be leaving a podcast review for a different podcast starring host named Brian and Jake that possibly live near you. I guess <laughs> <laughs> this guy lives near us, so yeah. I, I think this review is great. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. Next one comes from Spiderling1317, and it's titled Thankful for the People. And it goes on to say, hey, guys, it's Quentin from the Leftover Army. Jake, do you know Quentin? I do. Mm. I thought you might. He goes on to say, it's amazing that you guys have such an outstanding fan base, and you guys inspire fellow people to become podcasters. I've been a part of the Marble Rep... That's all, folks. Jesus, fuck. Sorry, guys. Um, I've been a part of the Marvel retrospective that has been on the Leftover Army page, and it's nice to be around so many fellow geeks. Keep it up, guys. Also, you ever plan on getting back to that Rayleigh trilogy? <laughs> Man, this is really popular. We know I know. Nothing about it. I don't even know what it is. It's, we are two for two on Rayleigh trilogies. Oh man, this, this think, is definitely our worst episode now. Do you think the, the <laughs> do you think the third review could complete the Rayleigh trilogy? God, I hope that would get us out of here. We need some kind of escape door. Jake, tell, uh, tell our listeners about the Marvel retrospective. Oh, the Marvel retrospective. They've been doing uh, going through each different movie in order and just talking about it and having whatever guests want to be on. I believe the recordings are going to be available on the same feed as uh, Hopper's Monster podcast, too. Oh, right on. All right. Yeah. So the leftover army podcast. So so that has nothing to do with your book club. No. Okay. And I can't keep everything straight. You guys are doing all this weird shit all the time. Now they're doing like a podcast (laughs) series. Like as live videos where they have a live chat about oh. about each movie and then record it. Okay. All right. Very hmm. cool. I didn't know that. See how see how out of the loop I am on my own <laughs> on my own <laughs> podcast and I'm, and the goings ons. 
I believe they've done just Iron Man and Incredible Hulk so far, uh-huh. and ah. more forthcoming. They, they've been doing like one a week, or I think the first two even happened in the first week. Okay. All right, moving on. This is the uh, final iTunes review for this week. It's uh, titled Worst Podcast Ever. Guys, how many stars? Five. Uh, yeah, these are always five. All right, five. Yeah, you guys win. Uh, it's by I. <laughs> it's by I Like Skittles 42. Uh, this is my favorite podcast. It's also the only podcast I have ever listened to. <laughs> I started with the Infinity War episode, along with everyone else, it seems. And I've listened to all of the episodes that have been put out since. I love the length of this podcast. And I love hearing all the different opinions on movies and shows, as well as all the different tangents Brian goes off on. I was listening to an older episode a few days ago. And Brian has this new game he created called Glover Boy, in which the contestants had to guess whether a certain movie had either, he says Stephen Glover, but it's Crispin Glover, or Danny Glover in it. And it had me rolling on the floor laughing. Love this podcast. Yeah, that was one of my all-time favorite game show moments on this podcast, too. <laughs> well, guys, was good. are you ready to play Glover Boy Part 2? Always. I'm going to smoke Neil in this shit. <laughs> Guys, it is time for Glover Boy Part 2. Jake, what was you, what you were going to trash talk there? I felt it. Oh, I already was. I know. I felt like it was it was going on. I thought you maybe had it in threes and it was part of your Rayleigh trilogy. <laughs> 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 I, I just can't let that go, can I? Oh, I just went on and on about the Rayleigh trilogy. I get it. Yeah. Okay, guys, it is time now for Glover Boy Volume 2. All right, guys, welcome back to Glover Boy. This is how you play Glover Boy. When you play Glover Boy, what I'm going to do here is I'm going to throw out the name of a movie, and you are going to tell me if the star in that film was either Crispin Glover or Danny Glover. All right, is everybody? does everybody know the rules? Uh, yes. sort of thing? Uh, no, I'm just going to ask you, like, I'm going to throw out the title, and then I'm going to ask you one at a time. I'll start okay. with Jake, and then I'll ask you, and then on the other question, I'll start with the other person or whatever. And if I fuck that up, whatever. Just play the goddamn game, all right? Okay. Right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's not that complicated, people. There is no Google allowed for the contestants. Everybody else can Google it if they want to. I can't see you, so I don't give a fuck. Anyway, let's see here. Here we go. First question. Remember, we're playing Glover Boy, people. This Glover was in a movie called Chasers. Chasers. Which Glover starred in Chasers? Was it Crispin or Danny Glover? Oh, man. That sounds like that sounds too cheesy for Crispin. I'm going to say Danny. That's a Danny Glover. You're, okay, write down, write down your answer, and, you, and you, when you write it, you, I got I got to take your word for it. You got to lock it in. All right, it's locked in. Locked in. Are you locked in there, Neil? Yes, I'm locked in. All right, Jake, you're going with Danny Glover and Neil. Crispin. Crispin Glover starred in Chasers. Oh, uh, what what is that movie about? That sounds so familiar. I have no fucking clue. Didn't do the homework. All right. And the next movie is called <laughs> The Con is On. Which Glover starred in The Con is On? Crispin or Danny Glover? 
the con is on. My first this time? Yes, we're going to go with Neil. Okay. I'm going to go with Danny. Uh, well, look, I can't gain any ground here because I also wrote down Danny. And you're both wrong. Oh, oh. The correct answer was Crispin. <laughs> no shit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. Which Glover starred in a movie titled Sorority Babes in the Slime Bowl Ballarama? Oh, my gosh. There is no way this one is Crispin. I'm locking in Danny. The name of the movie is Sorority Babes in the Slime Ball Bowlerama. Which Crispin or Danny Glover starred in this film? Jake, give me your answer. I, I've got Danny locked in. Neil? Go with Crispin. All right. The correct answer is neither of them. I just wanted to let people know that there exists a movie titled Sorority Babes in the Slime Ball Bolarama. All right. Came out in 1988, people. All right, here we go. This Glover was... Yes, Jake? I was Only Danny Glover would have taken that paycheck, though. All right, Jake just needs some validation. All right, moving on. <laughs> this Glover was in a film called 3 a.m. 3 a.m. Was it... Danny or Crispin Glover that starred in the movie 3 a.m. And if you guys need a little help, I've got something for you here. Guys, it's Matchbox 20, 3 a.m. <laughs> uh, see, this is distracting me. I almost thought of the movie, and now all I can think about is this amazing song. This has nothing to do with the film whatsoever, guys. I just wanted to play it. All right, back to the game. Okay, all right. <laughs> this Glover starred in a movie called 3 a.m. Is it Danny or Crispin? Neil? Um, I'm going to go with Crispin. Jake? Uh, I also went with Crispin. <laughs> Neither one of you got it right. It was Danny that starred in 3 a.m. Oh, God, I am terrible at this. All right. The uh, next, it's one to zero, correct, Neil? <laughs> yes. Jesus. Uh, this Glover was in a movie called The Bouquet. The Bouquet. We're playing Glover Boy, people. And. <laughs> uh, Bouquet. The bouquet. I got it. You can get one from your FTD florist. Our podcast is not <laughs> sponsored by FTD florist. So there is no code that I will be giving out for that. All right. Which Glover starred in the movie called The Bouquet? Jake? I put down Danny. Neil? I'm going to stick with my boy Crispin. Oh, shit. The game just got tied. Yeah. Guys, we have one more question. One final question. This is going to be possibly the tiebreaker. I got the jitters. All right. Uh, this <laughs> Glover was in a film titled Honey Dripper. Honey Dripper. I am locked in. Guys, if you aren't aware, the name of the game is Glover Boy. 
Yes, yes. Jake is locked in. I almost picked a completely different actor. I almost said Tom Hanks. Ah, it's not Hanky Boy. (laughs) 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 All right. Uh, Who's going first on this one? Is it uh, Neil? I believe so. And I'm going to stick with Crispin. Crispin. Jake. Uh, I have Danny locked in. All right. And the winner of Glover Boy Volume 2. He came from behind. Jake. Yeah! It was Danny. <laughs> Danny starred in the Honey Dripper. Jake, excellent job. Way to pull Congratulations. in. Congratulations. Pull, pull in in the oh, rear, man. man. How's it feel? Oh, man. I, I, I was getting so scared there. I thought I was going to lose my game show streak on PCL, but I'm still the champion. Oh, oh my man. gosh. Uh, oh. You, you have been beaten once in one game show. I think Hopner beat me one it time. It was. It was Hopner that beat you. Yeah. But you are the reigning champion for Glover Boy. Yeah, that's awesome. All right. Uh, shot did not make it. All right. Let's, uh, what are we doing? (laughs) I was hustling. I was hustling Neil, too. I knew that first one. (laughs) 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 All right. Let's see here. Do a false sense of security. Making it exciting for the podcast, Neil. That's what you got to (laughs) do. We are 25 minutes in. We haven't gotten to any content, people, and we're still not going to because it's now time for Flick the Bean. Oh, God. Oh. Oh. Oh, yeah, right there. Oh, right there. Mm. 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 Oh, God, I'm going to come. You know, I should probably... I believe that's Chris Crispin Glover. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, you just lost your crown. It was Danny. That point goes... <laughs> No, I should probably tell what people what Flick the Bean is before I play that bumper. Um, <laughs> Flick the Bean is our pod bean reviews. Uh, this first one comes from uh, Beef Shadel. Yeah, Beef Shadel. Thank you, Beef, Sh- Beef Shadel. <laughs> what? what is that? It's, it's spelled like Don Shadel, but it's Beef Shadel. It's possibly <laughs> Don's younger brother or something. I don't know. Mm. Younger brother Beef? Yeah. <laughs> And it goes on to say, good source of Marvel, DC, Star Wars, and important pop culture news. Any major movie also gets its own episode of thorough discussion, usually around four to five hours long. There is plenty of banter, both funny and cringy. While not for everyone, I find it extremely entertaining and eagerly await a new episode each Monday morning. While both hosts Brian and Jake are relatable and informative, I feel the real meat. And Potatoes of this podcast comes from the amazing community that it has created, sometimes even appearing as guests. A real great group of genuinely nice people. Thank you, Brian and Jake, for everything that you do. That comes from Beef Shadle. Hmm. I got stuck up on the cringy part there. Uh, it does. That's, my, get, that's it, my favorite part. I like the cringy, too. There's... He he just he doesn't say that he didn't like it. He just says there's plenty of ban- banter, both funny and cringy. So he's got like the banter. He's kind of got it in like two categories: funny, cringy. Sometimes it's both. <laughs> and the cringy definitely becomes funny very often, and sometimes I, the funny becomes cringy. I feel like you're just trying to find an. Yeah, that's a, true. That's Jake, true. I, feel like, I feel like Jake is just trying to find an argument with this one. <laughs> yeah, like he didn't really. He didn't break it down as much as you, so it's like it's it's kind of like a conversation that can't be had. He just kind of pointed out that it's both funny and cringy, and now you're like dissecting it. 
And it's it, it's like like nobody's trying to start an argument with you, Jake, but yet yet you do. <laughs> yeah, and then he goes on and he basically is like Brian and Jake, they're real assholes, yeah. but the community the community is real great. Yeah, no, we're relatable and informative, but uh, the real meat and potatoes comes from the amazing community, not the creators. <laughs> we we had nothing to do with that. We didn't we didn't we didn't draw them in at all, Jake, did we? No, no, no. They created us, right? Yeah, they made us. They made us. Anyway, <laughs> next one comes from Samuel K. Spear. Doesn't that sound like a <laughs> website that you go to to, like, order, like, fine wines and spirits? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Guys, definitely at discount prices. Yeah, head on over to SamuelKSpear.com. Use the code whatever. Anyway, yeah, it goes on to say, love this podcast. I, and then it stops. And then there's another one from Samuel K. Spear that says, I hit the send button. But anyway. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's kind of amazing. (laughs) I hit the send button. But anyway, I just wanted to say that I love you guys. And I really just wanted to be a reason to play the Flick the Bean bumper. So that seems to be the case every week, Jake, is people just want to hear that woman have an orgasm. Yeah. I, I I can't imagine the reviews stopping anytime soon. Yeah, I can't. I, I like the honest ones too. They don't even leave the review. Oh yeah, yeah. They just like I just I just want to hear a woman have an orgasm. I can't go to fucking Pornhub. I gotta go here. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Listening to pop culture leftovers won't fuck up my browser history. Yeah. So I'm good to go. Yeah. <laughs> Twenty-nine minutes in, guys. All right, we are going to be jumping into this week's good pop, bad pop. It's time for more leftover reviews with good pop, bad pop. Good pop, bad pop is where we talk about the things in the previous week and/or weeks that we either watched or read. Sometimes we rate these things, and if this is your first time listening, we want you to be familiar with our rating system. The rating system is simple. If the leftovers don't like something, they toss it. If they do like something, they suggest you taste it. And if it's brilliant, it gets a Tupperware rating. If all the leftovers love it, then it gets the pinnacle of success, a Tupperware party. All right. First thing I want to talk about here real quick. I'm going to talk about it real quick because uh, actually uh, Rebecca reviewed this one, I believe, on episode 257. Uh, It's a movie called Beautiful Boy uh, based on the best Selling pair of memoirs from father and son David and Nick Sheff. Beautiful Boy chronicles the heartbreaking and inspiring experience of survival, relapse, and recovery in a fan coping with addiction over many years. So yes, it's Timothy Chalamet and uh, Timothy. His, his, his Timothy is spelled T I M O T H E E. Jake. Huh, that's interesting. Yeah. Timothy. Yeah. Isn't there an accent over one of the letters, too? There is. I believe it's over the E in the... Like the first E? I think it's the first E. Yeah. Yeah. This this is the movie with the really cool 90s soundtrack? Mm, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of 90s stuff in this one. Yeah, I believe it takes place in, like, uh, the mid and late 90s <clears throat> and then uh, early 2000s once he gets older, I believe. Um this uh, yeah, this is the movie that Rebecca reviewed on two fifty seven. Uh, it's it's about uh, this young boy that becomes addicted to drugs and what his father and family do to try to get him off of drugs. And it's and he's doing like uh, he's doing meth. Um, and it's a uh, it's quite an incredible film. Um, Neil, have you seen this one? 
I have not. Okay. Um, I'm going to give it a high taste it as well. Rebecca gave it a high taste it. I'm also going to give it a high taste it. I thought it was very good. Um, I'm, I'm having a really hard time as to why I'm giving it a high taste it. I just feel like uh, I feel like the performances were fine. Um, I don't know. There, were, I, I can't really say why it's a high taste it. And I know that sounds terrible. It just didn't grab me. I feel like as as much as maybe I was looking for like his drug use to be more intense and it just wasn't. But if you know, they just portrayed it the way that they portrayed it. Um, and for me, I don't know. I, I, I thought it was a fantastic movie. I really did. I, I'm just this is a really hard one for me to nail down why I, I left the theater and, and just was kind of like it was good, but it wasn't great. So I'll give Beautiful Boy a high taste. It. Sorry for the bullshit review, but that's all I got. Um, <laughs> second movie I wanted to talk about, I saw it this week. It was um, a movie called Green Book. Uh, a working class Italian-American bouncer becomes the driver of an African-American classical pianist on a tour of venues through the 1960s American South. It's directed by Peter Fairley. And he's one of the Fairley brothers. He's responsible for movies like Dumb and Dumber and There's Something About Mary. Um, this one stars Viggo Mortensen, uh, Mahershala Ali. Um, yeah, Viggo Mortensen plays this bouncer, uh, Tony Lip. Uh, Mahershala Ali plays Dr. Don Shirley, the pianist. Uh, Linda Cardellini is in this movie. She's been getting a lot of roles lately, which I think is great because I'm a big fan of hers. Uh, she plays uh, Viggo Mortensen's wife in this film. Um, Sebastian Maniscalco. Uh, Demeter Marinov plays Oleg, one of the Don Shirley trio. And the other member of the Don Shirley trio is an actor that some of our older listeners will remember. I'm talking about old school listeners. Jake, Mike Hatton. Oh, jeez. Even I'm drawing a blank, kind of. Okay, I'll refresh your memory. In this movie, he plays one of the Don Shirley trio. Uh, his name is George. Mike Hatton is a former guest of Pop Culture Leftovers. Uh, he, we had him on when he did a movie called Live Nude Girls, which also starred um, Dave Foley from The Kids in the Hall. And we had him on the show to talk about that movie, Live Nude Girls. And uh, he was one of the Don Shirley trio in this film. And I thought that that was, as I was... Like doing research for this movie the day before I saw it, I looked at the cast and I was like, holy shit, Mike Hatton. Is that the same Mike Hatton? And it is the same Mike Hatton that I interviewed on episode 10 of Pop Culture Leftovers. And boy, do I have a treat for you people, because when I interviewed Mike Hatton, there was some uh, stuff that was on the cutting room floor. And one of the conversations that we had with Mike Hatton on the cutting room floor, I am going to throw on... At the end of this episode, I have audio of us talking to Mike Hatton, actor, one of the Don Shirley trio in Green Book. I have audio of Mr. Mike Hatton urinating, pissing on the podcast as he's talking to us. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. That That is amazing. I am not lying. And I am going to, after the end credits, after our end credits, after our end theme music... At the very end of the podcast, if you stick around and you listen to our full theme song, at the end of that, I will throw in the audio of myself and, and a couple other guys that were back on the pod, uh, that were on the podcast 
for that interview with Mike Hatton, and you will hear Mike Hatton urinating during that interview. <laughs> it's- oh my gosh, episode ten! No wonder I had to, I couldn't jog my memory that far back. So um, Oof, that's awesome, though. Yeah, yeah. So I'll, I'll let everybody listen to that. Pretty fucking amazing. Uh, let's see here. In in this movie, you've got Viggo Mortensen. He plays Tony, and he's uh, he's he's basically kind of just a, a rude, crude, kind of outspoken guy. He he's a bouncer at a club. He's he's racist, um, and uh, he's going to be out of work for a few months. So he needs something in the meantime, and. He finds out about this job as a driver for Dr. Don Shirley. He's a doctor of, of music. Music. <clears throat> Don Shirley is a brilliant pianist, and uh, he's wanting to play in the Deep South. Uh, the problem is that this is the early 1960s, and he's black. And so even though some people want to hear him play, there's a lot of people down there that want to hurt him. And... Um, they don't want him doing this. That's why he's wanting Tony to be his driver. He's a tough guy. He can take care of things if things get a little crazy and aggressive. Um, this movie had a lot more humor than I had expected. And I, I saw some of the humor in the trailer, but they didn't even show us like the best parts. The movie has great drama as well. Um, you'll, you'll find out not only in the movie – you know, that Dr. Don Shirley, you know, for being as talented as he is, he's also very lonely and um, has a little bit of a drinking problem. Um, this is just a fantastic film about it's inspired by a true story. And it's just an awesome film about this unlikely friendship. And there's a lot of bumps along the way um, in this in this road trip. They face racism nearly everywhere they go from just everyday people um, people that own, you know, bars and shops and, and e- even the police. Um, both of these performances in this movie are just absolutely incredible. The standout for me, though, clearly in this movie was Viggo Mortensen. And in my opinion, he should be nominated for Best Supporting Actor. Uh, he is so fantastic in this film. He, it's, dude, this is, I've never seen him in a role like this and he just he embodies that character he's so good and he adds this level of of comedy to this film that i was not expecting and my audience was was just cracking up i absolutely loved this movie it is one of the year's best films for me and i knew that like within the first 10 minutes i knew i loved this movie and i couldn't i just was like this is not a movie that that you start and you're like man i when is it going to start getting good? Or like, I, you know, it takes a while to like get you into it. No, you are instantly, this movie just grabs you from the very beginning. And I was just totally aware that I loved this movie just within moments. Um, I'm sure there's like a lot of fluff that was added to this, you know, movie uh, uh, that, that, that didn't happen in the, in the real story. But I loved the movie so much that I didn't really care. Uh, so I, I'm in a Tupperware green book. I, I thought it was it was amazing. I think this is a movie that everyone should see. Definitely see it in the theaters right now. It's kind of hurting right now. I, I think it is going to be an awards contender. Um, hopefully, it'll get some nominations. Mahersa Ali is absolutely fantastic, and I don't. I'm not just saying like Viggo Mortensen great was great, and he wasn't. I think a lot of it had to do with like their chemistry on screen. They were just so good together. Um, Oh my god! Have you seen the Have you seen the trailers for Detective Season? Uh, Detective Season, Detect the True Detective Season Three. I have. 
Oh my god, it looks god. so good. It looks so good. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie, I never even um finished season two. I didn't even start it. Mm. Yeah, I think it's the kind mm. of show that doesn't really matter though. I did start it. I got like thirty minutes in and I dropped it. That's right. I was <laughs> I, I, I Yeah, I it was one of those where I, I started it and something came up and I just was like, I'm not gonna get back to it. And it just I don't know. Maybe I left prematurely, but Detective, uh, True Detective Season 3 looks absolutely incredible, and so was this movie. I Tupperware the fuck out of Green Book. Please I, go see, gl- see this. Oh, sorry. No, I was just going to say, please go see this in theaters because it's not doing well in the box office right now. And I feel like this is a great movie. I, was, it, I, I, saw, it, um, I saw this one on Thanksgiving Day, I believe, and it was because I knew like all the other bigger movies like Creed and, uh, you know, Ralph and, and, um, you know, I, I knew that everybody was going to be in those theaters. And so I was like, I, I, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to see Green Book. And so I'm so glad that I did. It's, it's, it's such a fantastic movie. It is in its own right, a holiday movie because Christmas is featured in the film. Um, I didn't like, I didn't like messed up and cry in this one. It was mostly kind of just like a very, um, in, in many parts, it, it had me laughing. That's what I love about this movie. It's like one minute it has you laughing, the next minute you're just like hanging on there every word and like what's going on. And, and um, I, I don't know. It's a great story of friendship, just this unlikely friendship between these two people. So, Jake, what were you going to say? I'm sorry. I was going to say, I just saw the trailer for this like about three weeks ago for the first time when I was seeing another movie. And yeah, I thought it looked absolutely fantastic. So mm. I'm glad to hear you Tupperware. It it looked really charming. It looked like it had a really great score yeah. and just like a lot of really cool music stuff going for it, too. And just the, the story it's telling seems like very relevant in today's mm. times. Something that people probably should should see. I agree with you. It's amazing to see this guy who's, uh, you know. He is racist. He's not as racist as, you know, I, I, it's hard to put racism on a level like how racist am I? You know, I think any yeah. any form of racism is is you're a racist. So he is a racist, but it's it's pretty incredible to see just kind of like the more time these guys spend around each other and the more that they share with one another, um, some of the things that he'll do that they'll do for each other. Um, Don Shirley would only play on a certain piano called a Steinway. There's a really cool scene where they show up to uh, a theater and they don't have a Steinway there for Dr. Shirley. And it's really cool to see what uh, Tony Lip does for Dr. Shirley. And it's going to be really cool for everybody to listen to Mike Hatton pee at the end of the episode. So, <laughs> And he played, he, he played George in the film. He was one of the Don Shirley trio. It, not a huge part, but he was in the movie enough and... Yeah, good for Mike Hatton, man. That's that's awesome. That's so cool. And we we got to talk to him. I'm sitting in the theater. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I, I interviewed that guy. How cool! So good for him. Good for him. Hope yeah, it's a big get, man. Well, hopefully, you know, more people see this, and if it does get some noms, that'll definitely do it a favor. It doesn't have to pack too many people in seats to make money. Like movies like this usually only cost like forty million or less. Yeah, it's just, it's it's not. I don't think it's going to make its budget. If it does get some award nominations, then they'll re-release it in the theaters again, you know, probably sometime in January uh, at a lot of theaters. And then AMC does like their Oscar, what is it, their Oscar marathon where like over a 
three or four day period, they play like, th- you know, you can get like an Oscar. You can watch like three films that are Oscar nominated one day. You can go back the other next day and watch three more films the next day, three more films. And so, they, you know, hopefully it'll get nominated for Best Picture. Um, I really, or at least, you know, Vigo and Mahershala Ali get some, uh, you know, Best Actor nods. That'd be great. Um, let's uh, talk about, uh, did you guys want to talk about the Lion King trailer? Yeah, we can. Go yeah. ahead. What'd you think, Jake? Yeah, I, I mean, I thought it looked really great. I, it's, you know, it's pretty much what I expected after seeing Jungle Book and knowing Fabro was involved that they were going to try to, you know, keep it as close to the material as possible. But yeah, I thought it looked really cool. It got me excited. Um, it's never been one of my favorite Disney animated movies, and so I've kind of been excited that I think they can possibly do better here with the live action version on some of the stuff that I had uh, you know, problems not, with in the animated. Do not call it live action, Jake. There has been. <laughs> oh, I know. I know. It I is. Know. It is a virtual production, sir. Yes. Yes. Well, I mean, live landscape version of the Lion King. That is not what you said, sir. <laughs> That's what I'm saying now. Okay. All right. It's, it's, I don't really care if I piss off animators I that know. work hard. It's, yeah. I, I just thought it was so silly. Virtual production. I get out of here. We're just so we're, – we're, come on. People just get pissed off about the stupidest shit. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I couldn't I, – I clicked it too when I saw that people were yeah. getting so upset about it and yeah. read a bit into that. and was just kind of rolling my eyes at it. Neil, what are your what's your history with the Lion King animated movie, and what did you think about this trailer? Oh, I saw it when I was a kid. Uh, I loved it as being a the target audience at the time. What was that and noise? Thought, was that like was it? Do you have a is there a crane in there? A whooping crane? <laughs> was it on my end? No, I think it was me. I adjusted my seat. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> All right. I didn't know if somebody um, honked like a clown's nose or <laughs> or if there was a wh- whooping crane. Uh, whooping crane. Whooping crane. Go ahead, Neil. Yeah, I, I liked. I really liked it when I was a kid because, I, as, as I was saying, I was the target audience. Um, and I love the fact that it's a Shakespeare adaptation uh, from Hamlet. And I thought that the new one looks great um, as far as it's going to be the same movie, just updated with different voices. And that's kind of what their Disney's doing nowadays, and I'm I'm on board. I, I liked Jungle Book well enough, and they did get uh, they did get uh, James Earl Jones to come back as Musafir. Correct. Yeah. So, and I'm, I I love Donald Glover with an unbridled passion. So I'm excited to see what he does with with Simba. Yeah, yeah. Another yeah, Glover. He's guy. a good pick for the songs too. Oh yeah. I I. I... I know this is crazy, but I'm not a fan of the animated movie. It came out when I was 17, people, and I saw it. And maybe I need to watch it again. I've seen it one fucking time, and I was 17. And so, I don't know. I was just at the age where I was, like, listening to heavy metal, and I just, you know, I just wasn't into Disney films. So maybe it was, like, a lot of, like, teenage rebellion and teenage angst to where I just didn't give a shit about The Lion King. I just... You know, I don't know. I, I watched it the one time. There was a gassy warthog, and I was like, this is fucking <laughs> this is fucking dumb. I'm watching a warthog fart. What the fuck? You know, but then, you know, I could watch Beavis and Butthead do whatever the hell they did, and I loved it. So, um, so anything 
<laughs> it would be an improvement for me. Maybe I just <laughs> maybe I just need to watch the Lion King again. But I'll be honest with you, like you know, when I was younger, I watched The Little Mermaid, and I loved that. And I grew. I think the first movie I remember watching in the theater was uh, One Hundred and One Dalmatians. So I mean, yeah. I love you know Disney. I love Snow White. I love the dumb. I love Dumbo. Have you seen the second Dumbo trailer, Jake? Yeah, the second Dumbo trailer is amazing. God damn, it looks so good. You seen it, Neil? I did I saw it in the theater? What'd uh, you think? For a movie, it looks good. I mean, I'm not a big Tim Burton fan, so I, it's... yeah. Tim Burton aside, I got, Tim Burton yeah, aside, but... yeah. I mean, th- that's the thing. It's like I am totally aware that this is Tim Burton. All I can really go on here, people, is like just the trailer and like how the trailer made me feel. And it's like for some reason, Jake, I think this is the perfect Tim Burton storm with this carnival, this whole carnival world. Like, I think this is made for Tim Burton. I feel, I feel like this is like, I don't want to see Tim Burton do like the Willy Wonka shit. You know, I don't want to see him. Yeah. Do, you know, but I feel like this kind of this setting, man, like it's just, yeah, it feels perfect. very big fish. He's yes. kind of reunited with Michael Keaton who looks great in this. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I agree. I agree. This could be the perfect storm, but I, I it's going to be like, all things triangulate. Tim Burton makes a good movie, and then he goes back to making six pointless <laughs> peel- pieces of crap. Right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's unfortunate. Yeah, I, it, I, I like. It, it seems like. Oh, sorry, go, ahead. go ahead. No, let let let's just keep talking at the same time. It's kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> I liked it. <laughs> like for the next like three three hours, it's just me and Neil like <laughs> talking over each other. <laughs> it was kind of EDM. I started dancing already. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Neil. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was just going to say that it seems like um, it's got just enough whimsy for Tim Burton to play around, but it's got it's grounded enough in reality that he has some constraints he has to stay within. Yeah, which is yeah. good. I, I I just I I feel like I was so sick of like Tim Burton taking over, you know, established properties, and I was just like, why can't he just do like more original stuff and here they come with Dumbo, which is a you know, it's an established property, and I'm I, I feel like I might eat crow on this one. I yeah. <laughs> never crows. No pun intended. No pun intended. <laughs> anyway, but uh, yeah, Variety said that the Lion King teaser trailer got two hundred. Uh, yeah, back to Lion King, two hundred twenty-four point six million views worldwide in its first twenty-four hours, which makes it the most successful trailer launch for a Disney film to. Uh, as of yet, so um, that's huge. Second most to um, any film, which is uh, Avengers. I read. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. I'm. I am going to Avengers: Infinity War or Avengers, Avengers: Infinity War. Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah, um, I am going to give the Lion King trailer a high taste. It. I thought just you know, it's not a lot. I mean, but it just looked gorgeous to me. I just thought it looked gorgeous, and like I did see like an article where they took like the animation cells and they put like different scenes side by side with the live action and how they're paying homage to the actual animated show, uh, animated movie and, and, uh, taking some scenes directly from the animated movie and then putting them into live action. So I don't know. I, I, I loved the jungle book. I love what John Favreau did with that. So I'm probably, it can only go up for me with Lion King. And I know, I know I'm in the minority here, people. It's like, you don't need to tell me like, what the fuck is wrong with you, Brian? Everybody loved the Lion King. Well, I, I fucking know that. I don't, t- I've never talked to anybody else besides my, besides me 
that's like, <laughs> I didn't like The Lion King. I get it. I get it. I, and there's no use arguing with me. It's not like you're going to make me see the light on The Lion King, people. So just deal with it, all right? There's something, there's something you're going to have to, something yeah, you're gonna have to live play, with. That place where the light doesn't shine, that's Brian's hatred for Lion King. Exactly. Exactly. It just, it just swallows any light, and, and it's engulfed in darkness. That is... That's my heart, Jake. <laughs> oh, wow, we got all sentimental all of a sudden. Yeah, all right, yeah. So, Lion King, it looks uh, looks really good in my opinion. So, all right, guys, let's move on. Uh, I am going to go ahead and pass it off to Jake. You got anything this week? I I was actually going to talk about the, my experience playing Crush Bandicoot. <laughs> oh, okay. We did that at the, at the top of the show. <laughs> Yeah, I know, I know. I, I was like, ah, fuck it, I'll just blab about it now. But yeah, I, I got other stuff that you watched that I'm going to talk about with you. So Sounds good, sounds good. Neil, what do you got, man? Uh, I got a few things, actually. Um, so I was just in a play called Hand to God with uh, this guy named Carl Cranes, who is in The Gate. And uh, Love that, that movie. Love yeah. the horror movie. Yes. The horror yes. movie. With, yes, uh, he was, he, uh, with, a, with a child... Uh, Stephen Dorff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Stephen Dorff, uh, villain from Blade People as a child in the movie The Gate. Is The Gate PG-13? I feel like it was. Yes. I think so. God, I love 100%. that movie. The child actors in that were so fantastic. Yeah. So I hadn't seen The Gate, and then I, you and I talked a little bit about it, and so I, I went and watched it, and then I, so I talked to Carl about his experience making it. Um, so he, he was, <laughs> Hey, hold on. When you were talking to him, was he peeing during any, <laughs> <laughs> well, we were in the green room, uh, <laughs> but, um, he was not peeing. Now there was, it was, there was no bathroom in there. Is it urine anyway. free, urine free zone people in the green room? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, so he got on it because it was his girlfriend's sister's husband, who was the director. And they they brought him up to Canada to work with the actors because they wanted to know about Americanisms and uh, dialect for the, all the kids. And uh, he was, he helped with the casting process, and so he he got to see the whole uh, production from beginning to end. And so he had some really fun stories about hanging out with Stephen Dorff and all the other guys. Oh wow! And um, he was talking about the, he was re- really in, impressed with the with the, the the effects and um, what they did was uh, use a lot of force perspective for like those little guys running around and he had some really cool behind the scenes shots of of the actors on a on a platform and then other actors about 15 feet below them and matching up the frames and everything in camera so it was really really cool uh the effects guy actually went on to work on lord of the rings uh where they used a lot of force perspective as well so it was a really fun conversation I got to have with him about that movie. Um, That's very cool. And it's awesome that he was like so open to talking about it because you, you really never know if people had good experiences while doing those things and if it's something that they want to talk about. So that's pretty incredible. Um, let's see here. You can watch. Holy shit, guys. You can watch The Gate streaming right now on 2B TV for free with ads. Um, and that's, yeah, Tubi TV is a free, it's kind of like, uh, Sony crackle. Um, you can uh, download it. It's T U B I TV. So you can watch the gate from 1987 with child Stephen Dorff. 
<laughs> it's such a great movie too. It is. It yeah. really is a great movie. I you so you you liked it, Neil? I did. I did. I, I definitely give it a yeah. high taste. It was it was it was a lot of fun to watch, yeah. especially because I know knew the guy and he's the uh, guy who comes out of the wall. Um, the like the one who bursts out of the wall. He had some fun stories about how the first time they did that shot, he uh, they didn't score the the uh, sheetrock deep mm-hmm. enough so yeah. he ran into the wall and bounced off <laughs> it's pretty pretty funny uh he was in the gate two as well uh that's awesome. yeah, somebody else Very yeah cool. yeah gate two not as good not as good yeah <laughs> yeah uh do you want me to keep going or do you want to switch off or yeah, keep going one more give me one more okay uh so i watched a movie called the losers it came out in 2010 is that uh, the movie st- with chris evans Yes. That's a great film. That's based on a comic book. It is based on a comic book. Um, I did not think it was a great film. Oh, I personally. loved it. Oh, man. I loved it. I thought, I thought it was fun. Yeah, it's, it stars uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan, yeah. Chris Evans, Idris Elba, Zoe Saldana. So that's why I wanted to watch it, because I love all of those actors. And uh, Peter Berg was actually one of the screenwriters on that. Oh, come on. Peter Berg. I, you know, I, used, to, <laughs> I used to love Peter Berg. Um, uh, very bad things. Mm. You know, that was that's his, is that her first movie? I his first big movie. Yeah, and then I don't know. I felt like Mile Twenty Two. Whew, man, from <laughs> from very bad things to Mile Twenty Two, man, he's taking a nosedive. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, this movie was very. I got really bored with it. It just it, it, it was, the plot was so cookie cutter. It seemed to me, you know, the special forces team gets burned and then things go awry. I really liked Chris Evans a lot in it. Um, I thought it was it was because it came out. What was it? A year after uh, First Avenger, or is it the same year? What, what? year did the First Avenger come out? Uh, two thousand two thousand eight was the first Iron Man, okay. and then I believe yeah. Thor and Cap came out the same year. In 2009, I think. Right. So it was really fun seeing him like that, that back in that Human Torch kind of quirkiness or like not another teen movie where he was just zany and weird and fun. Uh, I liked Idris Elba a lot. I thought he was great. And I thought Jeffrey Dean Morgan was awful. <laughs> I didn't think he had any charisma whatsoever. Oh, Captain America and, came out in 2011, dude. Oh, really? 2011. Yeah. Really? That's what I was yeah. just too. Wow. I thought it was earlier than that. So did I. What are we huh. now? <laughs> yeah, I give it a low taste. It, I mean, there's fun stuff with it, fun stuff in it, but yeah, it, I got drunk because I got really bored with it. <laughs> wow, you know, you know, maybe it doesn't age well, but I remember watching that and liking it. I don't think I'd give it like a Tupperware, but I think I would have given it a taste. It, so I don't know. Yeah, I thought the CGI was just awful. Yeah, maybe that's part of it. It looked like it like looked like Justice League CGI. That's 2010 for you, though, right? Yeah. Yeah. A lot of those action movies or movies like this really don't hold up, and a lot of it's the special effects. I haven't. They're so terrible. I haven't watched uh, another movie based on a comic book. I haven't watched Wanted since it, like, first came out. And I want, you know, Mm -hmm. James McAvoy and uh, who else is in that? Angelina Jolie. Um, I wonder how that would hold up now. Because I I loved it when I I first watched Wanted. Hmm. I really didn't like that movie when it first came out either. Oh, I loved just it. 
Yeah, it just felt so watered down compared to like the actual Mark Miller comic. Yeah, I just I was a big fan. I thought it was fantastic. So, all right, but yeah, probably the same thing though. All that yeah. bullet time shit probably seems cheesy as fuck by today's standards. Exactly. Oh, yeah. I, if I watched it now, it probably wouldn't hold up. Uh, Neil, we'll get back to your uh, good pop, bad pop. Um, let's cool. move on into a show that I asked you guys to watch: Escape at Danamora. Did you guys watch this? Yes. yes. All right. This is a limited series on Showtime, so it's going to be uh, seven episodes total. Uh, it's based on the Stranger Than Fiction account of a prison break in upstate New York in the summer of 2015 that spawned a massive manhunt for two convicted murderers. The prisoners were aided uh, in their escape by a married female prison employee with whom they both became sexually entangled. It stars Oscar winners Benicio del Toro, uh, Benicio del Toro, and Patricia Arquette, and Golden Globe nominee Paul Dano. Emmy winner Ben Stiller executive produces and directs all episodes. So basically, you've got uh, Paul Dano and Benicio del Toro. They star as these convicted murderers in prison. Uh, Patricia Arquette she plays Tilly Mitchell. She's the uh, a married prison worker who becomes romantically entangled with both Matt and um, what's the other guy's name? Sweat? Yes, that's correct. Matt and Sweat, and she aids in their escape. Jake, did you hear about David Arquette's wrestling stunt that went, <laughs> that went wrong? Did you? No. Yeah, David, yeah. you heard about that, Neil? I did. I read an article about it, yeah. Did you watch the video? I did not. Yeah, it was something to, <laughs> something to do with like uh, he had like it was like a, a a chair stunt and somebody somebody like jumped on him or something like that. His head hit the chair. He got fucked up. Yeah, yeah. He's been a do- death match. He was in a death chair match just know. recently, five days ago. Oh, yeah. Oh, did you Google it? Yeah. Yeah, he got fucked up. Yeah. What the hell? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, this uh, Escape at Danamora also stars Bonnie Hunt, and she plays Catherine Scott. She's a New York inspector general heading up a formal investigation of the Matt Sweat prison escape. Uh, Eric Lang stars as Lyle Mitchell, and David Morse plays Gene Palmer. David Morse as another prison guard. We saw him in the, <laughs> in the, in the Green Mile which Bonnie Hunt was also in that movie, and she's in this series. I thought that was kind of kind of wild. But I want to know what you guys thought about uh, the first episode here. I'm going to give my thoughts real quick. I think that this is going to be one where you have to watch it collected, and I've got even more kind of like proof to that being true with uh, some, of the, some of the critics that are out there. Um, but I, I, I'm going to give this first episode a high-taste-it, I think this could easily be a Tupperware. It's just I think we need to see more episodes because there's a there's a scene in this one. Basically, what you've got, uh, you know, I'll get your thoughts and then we'll, we'll kind of break it down. Um, Neil, what did you think about Escape at Danamora? I thought it was great. Um, I, I would go along with you with a high taste for that. Uh, Eric Lang really surprised me. Yes. Uh, I thought he was excellent. And I, I love. I love David Morris a lot. And then obviously Del Toro and Dano and Arquette were all amazing as well. Yeah. Um, I, I thought Ben Stiller's direction, some of the cinematography in it was really, really nice too. And the score and everything all coming together. So yeah, I really, really liked it, but I, I think it definitely needs 
more. Yeah. To, to see more before it can be a Tupperware. Even the even the show itself alludes to that. There's like a scene with Bonnie Hunt and she's talking <laughs> to Patricia Arquette and she's basically there. She's trying to. They're trying to figure out she's she's the one that's investigating this whole mm-hmm. escape. And she's talking to Patricia Arquette after the escape has happened and she's trying to get answers from her. And she says something along the lines of, like, you're the only person that I can talk to that I think that I can even trust to get the correct story from. And because she's talking about how crazy this whole thing is. (laughs) And so, like, that right there leads me to believe, like, we haven't even gotten to the crazy shit yet. And in that first episode, there's some fucked up (laughs) kind of shit going on here in this prison. So I feel like there's a lot more that's kind of going to be, you know, that's going to unfold throughout this series. Jake, what did you think? Yeah, I absolutely loved it. I'm going to go ahead and Tupperware it. Um, I I recognized that it felt like an entire episode of setup, but I was glued to the screen the entire episode of setup. Mm. And like, I I really didn't know much going into this show other than the cast and the director like what it was going to be about. Like, I don't really know the uh, actual case very well. And I think that helped with my intrigue level too. Cause you know, they do the conceit where it's, you start in the future where they're already interviewing her about what happened and you kind of do the flashbacks and see what happened. So, I mean, it, for me, I, I, there was a lot of intrigue just trying to figure out what the hell even the in case scenario was in the first place that they were talking about, you know? Mm-hmm. So I, I was really blown away by this. I thought it was great and echo a lot of stuff. Neil said, I thought music choices, cinematography, direction, acting, all were really top notch. Um, yeah, I'm definitely going to be tuning into this every week. Um, it is one of those things, though, where I, I do think watching like a block of two or three episodes, maybe watch it in like two blocks will be best. I think that some people will watch this first one and like feel like, oh, it wasn't too it, it what didn't have enough action and excitement in it for me. And then they would drop off. And so that's not why I'm scoring it. I'm just I, I, I do feel like once it's all collected and we get to see everything, it's it's just going to be. A fantastic show to watch. It was um, it's a, it's a ninety two percent from Rotten Tomatoes right now, and the critical consensus reads: Escape at Danamora's slow pace demands patience, but those willing to wait will be rewarded with a chilling mystery that provides the perfect showcase for its talented cast, especially a nearly unrecognizable and unbearable, uh, unbearably moving performance from Patricia Arquette. So sounds like she's the standout here, and then. Um, it does have an insane cast. Fucking Benicio mm-hmm. del Toro, Paul yeah. Dano, Bonnie Hunt, Patricia Arquette. This is yeah, and Eric Lang is just doing a fantastic job in this series. So I, uh, I, I can't wait to continue watching this. It, it was so good. It's Patricia Arquette's character is this is her husband is just <laughs> it's he does it, takes her to like basically gives her no attention and doesn't make her feel like she's special at all. And I think like that kind of like for the, for her, she just doesn't feel important in that marriage. Like even to the point where like he took her out on that date, but it was basically like his date taking her to like this history museum. Like she had, she wanted nothing to do with it. She wanted to completely do something different and he takes her there. And so like, to the point where I think it's psychologically kind of like 
she psychologically tortured herself over the years being with this guy. And instead of just getting out of the marriage, she's doing, she's having sex with inmates. I mean, it's, yeah, I thought the show did such a great job showing what you're talking about, Brian, with the, like the ice cream scene at the bar right after. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, uh, the Nick Jonas scene was another perfect (laughs) example of just, you know, yes, the loveless marriage stuff. I, I thought that was portrayed really great. Yeah. Neil, anything stand out for you that you wanted to talk about in uh, Escape at Danamora? I mean, you guys have already pretty much covered everything that that I, that I saw. It just overall, it was such a well paced. I mean, yeah, it's a little slow, but it, it's it's never feels it never felt slow to me. Um, I, and that's a lot of credit to Ben Stiller for keeping it intriguing despite not a whole lot of action actually mm-hmm. happening. I love. Benicio del Toro's character, he's kind of like mm-hmm. Shawshank Redemption, you know, like he's kind of like the red, you know, right? Like red in Shawshank Redemption, where like, he's the guy where you get stuff from. I, I like the scene of like that the new fish coming in and like wanting to get <laughs> something from him, and he was basically wanting respect from that kid. And um, I also like the it's kind of wild, like the relationship that his character has with. Uh, David Morse's character of uh, the prison guard, Gene Palmer, and mm-hmm. how he'll like when they're having shakedowns, like Gene will like go to uh, uh, Benicio de Toro's character and get him out of the cell and get all the stuff out of the cell. He, and Benicio de Toro, his character, you know, like help him out, and they they work with one another. It's kind of like they've kind of kind of like got this respect for one another as men and i want to see where yeah. that relationship goes as far as like, i go ahead it's gonna go sour i think oh yes absolutely um yeah i think he's gonna accidentally be a big part of how you know is it matt is able to um escape in the first place yeah yeah and then um uh you know, just him drawing the picture of the the portrait of his wife, and like the you know, it just seemed like buddies. And I think that 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 whole friendship is just going to get this. I, I can't wait to see everything just kind of go upside down and crazy in this prison. And there's just going to be mass firings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one of my favorite scenes was when they have the two of those guys have the discussion about art and the uh, color printers. Yeah, yeah. And I thought that was very much foreshadowing where Matt's kind of telling him, you know, he, he look right in my eyes and tell me if you, you know, think I do. What is it? A personality? Mm hmm. Yeah. And he's kind of, you know, warming him up to the fact that, you know, this is just a working relationship. But eventually I am going to uh, take advantage of this. Right. Yeah. I'm I uh, I really enjoyed this one. I can't wait to continue. It's it's called Escape at Danamora. It's on Showtime. And uh, I highly recommend this. This is just uh, an all star ensemble cast and uh, can't wait because they really get the they're really going to get to flesh this out. I thought Patricia Arquette did a, st- a stellar performance in this in oh, this yeah. first episode it's like yeah, she was great i'm glad to see her getting work now because it was like she didn't get anything it felt like for the longest time and then that movie that richard Linklater movie came out boyhood and then that kind of like i think that kind of like re-injected her career a little bit yeah well think of how long she had to be on that project itself anyway right it was like, yeah it was like it was seven eight ten years ten years nearly i mean they film you know every year over ten years which is an incredible feat. 
Yeah, that's know? insane. Yeah. Yeah, because it really affected um, Ethan Hawke. Is that yes. who it was? Yeah, mm-hmm. Ethan, Ho- Ethan Hawke yeah, blew his, up. Mm-hmm. His career very much. I mean, he did a few more movies, but he definitely, like, had a bit of a hiatus there because of the whole boyhood thing. Yeah, agreed. Let's um, let's take a quick break, and then uh, we'll come back and we'll talk Ralph Breaks the Internet. Sounds good. Okay. Ralph breaks the internet. Jake, I know you saw this one. Oh yeah, sure did. And Thanksgiving Day. Neil, have you had a chance to see it? Yeah, I saw it the day before yesterday. Oh, right on. Taking play. I saw it in uh, real 3D, real D 3D. And you guys see it in real D 3D? I did not. No, I don't watch 3D movies. Ah. Give me a headache. See, I tried to with the animated stuff. Uh, Taking place six years after saving the arcade from Turbo's vengeance, the Sugar Rush arcade cabinet has broken, forcing Ralph and Vanellope to travel to the Internet via the newly installed Wi-Fi router in Litwick's arcade to retrieve the piece capable of saving the game. It stars John C. Riley and Sarah Silverman and a ton of other voice work from other actors. we got Ed O'Neill, Gal Gadot. Uh, Jane Lynch, Alfred Molina, Alan Tudyk, Jack McBrayer, Ali Wong, uh, Traji P. Henson, just, just a stellar cast of, uh, of actors there. Uh, Neil, what did you think? I really enjoyed this. I saw Wreck-It Ralph for the first time on Tuesday uh, in preparation to see this one, and I liked that one a lot, too. And I, I really enjoyed a lot of the little stuff they threw in there, um, all the little cameos, and there's one in particular that really, really got me teared up. Um, I don't know if we want to talk about that, but we can. Um, and I, I thought it was a fun story. I like the voice work. The animation is great. I give it a high tasted overall for sure. Jake. Yeah, I really love this. As far as like Disney slash Pixar sequels go, I thought this was probably the best one yet. And the one that actually, you know, felt the least needless and like a complete cash in. I, I'm going to Tupperware this. I, I really enjoyed it. I thought Sarah Silverman's performance was kind of the standout here. She was absolutely remarkable. Um, Her kind of, you know, meta sarcastic Disney princess song just had me in stitches. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I thought this was wonderful. Like it it didn't feel like sequelitis. Like a lot of these animated sequels have felt to me like, you know, you're finding Dory and even, you know, Incredibles 2, even though it wasn't a bad movie, it was still kind of disappointing next to the original. And so I was warmly surprised that it actually felt like there was a point to make this movie and it was really great heartwarming and funny i loved it yeah i thought i thought it was really good i love the first one i tupperware the first one wreck it ralph i'm gonna give this one a high taste it i i I enjoyed it um i thought it was fantastic had a lot of heart um i trying to think like what my biggest issue with this one was i i mean i guess i kind of missed some of like uh you know i missed seeing jane lynch's character and jack mcbrayer's character i really like those 
two characters. Didn't get a lot of them in this one. Um, but uh, I did love what we did get. I loved uh, the whole um, taking things to the Internet and, like, what they did with the Internet. I loved, you know, eBay and eBoy with thought was pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> there is an eBoy. Um, you know, I thought that that I thought it was very fun. I thought this was a great movie. Um, the villain was definitely surprising in this one kind of creepy looking <laughs> and so <laughs> i got to imagine that looked really neat in the 3d it did everything looked really good in the 3d i the the i thought uh, the uh race the the racing scenes in uh what was it slaughter race looked uh absolutely incredible in the 3d so sorry my cat is like really wanting some love <laughs> right now guys so yeah he's rubbing his head on the mic dude we can't do that right now dude um, but anyway, I loved Alfred Molina in this. I, oh, I mean, yes. I mean, I'm a huge fan of his. Um, and uh, I don't know. I think that the humor in the first one just got me a little bit more. I don't know if it's like the new – it's like the, the the new car smell wore off a little bit for me. But I just felt like the humor in the first one worked a lot more – like a lot better for me. But I did really enjoy this. And I thought that they found very fun and inventive ways – to showcase like what the internet experience is i just wish that wreck it ralph would have got i can't believe that there were no porn sites anywhere to be seen I'm yeah it's, uh, it's a, kind of surprising they didn't have some kind of joke involving that that is yeah that is very true <laughs> but overall i i did have a lot of fun with this one i don't know if it has the repeatability value for me that the first one does. Cause I will watch that first one over and over and over again. Um, but, uh, definitely it was not a cash grab. Like you were saying, Jake, I felt like they really had a good story here with this one. And, uh, I, I enjoyed the way that they kind of, um, and it's in the synopsis, how, how the sugar rush arcade cabinet is broken and how, you know, that kind of like forces them to go to the internet to, to get a, a new steering wheel. And I, I thought that that was a very cool and inventive and fun story. I thought it was a really insult. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say, I thought the score was very, very inspired, too. It's a uh, Henry Jackman score. A really interesting mix of, like, bit tune video game music with a live symphony orchestra. And some of the tricks they did combining those two things within the same musical tracks are, I thought were pretty astounding. Um, if, you're, if you subscribe to, like, an Apple Music or a Spotify, uh, do yourself a favor and skip the Imagine Dragons song and listen to the uh, <laughs> score from... Ralph breaks the internet. It's pretty astonishing. You know how the Lego movie spawned a spinoff film, the Lego Batman movie? I kind of wish that this would spawn a Disney princesses spinoff oh, fuck film. Yeah. Right? They were yeah. amazing. They were so much yeah. fun. <laughs> I agree. There was a great score moment with that, too, near the end when they all did something together where the score actually touched each of their movies as mm -hmm. each of them in succession helped out. And I thought that was a really a really nice touch. Yeah, I think that Disney Princess is animated show. I, I, gosh, I'm surprised that doesn't exist already the way they shut that down our throats, right? Well, I think that this is the perfect, like way to set it up now to do it if, the, if they were going to do it this would be the perfect way to do it and have them represented the way that they all looked here because i don't know i mean it, and i loved how what's the i've only seen it once but what was the one with uh 
Oh, man, what was the girl that with the bow and arrow, the redhead? Oh, the brave joke was one of the funniest jokes in the <laughs> so, movie. <laughs> that was hilarious. And, and oh, she's from the other studio. It had me cracking <laughs> up, man. That was that was a good one. I really enjoyed that. So, yeah, this is a great one to take the kids to. And if you were a fan of the first Wreck-It Ralph, um, I highly recommend going to see this one. And I, I do like that it takes place six years after. They actually tell you that within the film that like yeah six years have passed with these characters yeah a lot of these sequels kind of take the cheap way out right and just continue mm-hmm. right after the last one left off no matter yeah. when it came out and they they did not take that cheap shortcut here oh my god the joke where they where i loved it when vanellope and uh ralph are just sitting down and they're talking about if zangief waxes or not <laughs> 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 yeah, if they could make that joke, they could have got a porn site joke, right? <laughs> oh, it's so funny. Uh, Zangief people from Street Fighter 2, the big Russian, fucking hilarious joke. I, yeah, any final thoughts on Ralph Breaks the Internet? Yeah, I, I thought I thought it was a lot of fun. Um, it doesn't have, you know, all the super video game nostalgia that brought a lot of people into the first one. But, you know, I thought the take on Internet culture was, was pretty hilarious. And it had a pretty heartwarming story with uh, Ralph and Vanellope at the center. Tupperware for me. Nice. Yeah, yep. for sure. Uh, that one Marvel cameo definitely made me start uh, tearing up in the theater because um, it was very surprising. But yeah, other than that, it was it was very a lot of fun. A lot, a lot just a whole lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. I I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, let's move on into. Uh, I saw Creed two a couple days ago. Uh, Neil, did you get a chance? I don't know if you've even seen Creed. I have not. Okay. I I have a confession. I have never seen a Rocky movie. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. Yeah, it would make no sense for you to go see Creed 2. Um, this is the Creed 2. Under the tutelage of Rocky Balboa, lightweight, uh, light heavyweight contender Adonis Creed faces off against Victor Drago, the son of Ivan Drago. So basically, this is kind of like a, it's a sequel to Creed, but in a, in a lot of ways, it's a sequel to Rocky IV, which was the original story here of Ivan Drago uh, versus uh, Rocky. This one's directed by Stephen Capel Jr. He uh, directed um, The Land and then also A Different Tree. Those are two movies I have not seen. Uh, this. <coughs> Stars Michael B. Jordan as Adonis Johnson, Sylvester Stallone as Rocky Balboa. Rocky is now training Apollo's son. Rocky is two years older than Mickey was when he when he trained Rocky in the original movie. <laughs> I found that crazy. Just you know, it's just nuts because like you look at you look at Stallone and. It's so weird to think that he's two years older than Burgess Meredith was in oh, the original Jesus. Rocky. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is pretty wild. Hasn't uh, Burgess Meredith always been old, though, even he, when he was young? Yeah, he had like that Benjamin Button disease. That <laughs> just he was just old all the time, though. You know, he just he constantly looked like he just got out of a of a, of a bathtub and he had like the wrinkly skin. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Tessa Thompson's back as Bianca. Uh, Felicia Rashad is back. Uh, Dolph Lundgren plays Ivan Drago again, reprises that role. Uh, Florian Montenot plays Victor Drago, his son. Um, I was really looking forward to this one. I'm a huge Rocky fan. I love pretty much all the Rocky movies except for Rocky Five, which I I've still watched. Probably I've probably watched Rocky Five 
at least over 10 times. It, it, if it's on TV, I just stop and watch it. I, I love the Rocky films. I've seen them all many, many, many times. And um, I was really looking forward to this one. And then I think like a couple days before I saw this, I just wanted to watch the Roku, uh, Roku channel has uh, all the uh, first five Rocky films on there. You can watch them. So I watched Rocky Four just kind of like in, ta- in, ta- uh, in anticipation of Creed Two, um, and just trying to get refreshed on that movie, even though I could probably quote it because I've seen it so many times. Um, I am... I was not the biggest fan of this movie. I loved Creed. Creed is a Tupperware for me. But there's a lot to be said about Ryan Coogler's directing, and it was sorely missed here, in my opinion. Um, I felt like this movie, it tried to distance themselves from the Rocky stories in many ways, and people can disagree. I mean, it, I understand that it's tied to his history with Apollo and, and fighting Ivan Drago, but there were many scenes where we saw... Um, Adonis and his life and where he is as a character and it just wasn't presented as compelling as like Rocky's story when he was fighting in those first films um, when they when it was all about Rocky and I felt like Creed was a, a lot about Rocky and and uh, Adonis and this I feel like in this one they were trying to we got Rocky, but I felt like they were trying to give Creed like more of its own story. And I just felt like it, for me, it just wasn't as compelling the way they presented it. Um, I also wasn't impressed by the boxing in this. I know there were some cool shots. There really were. Um, I just, I, I honestly feel like I would have rather had Stallone direct this one to be quite honest with you. And that was the original rumor. Stallone directed Rocky IV. Stallone directed a few of the Rocky films. Not all of them, but he he directed a few. Um, And he directed Rocky IV. I would have rather had him direct this one. I wasn't impressed by some of the boxing in this one. Um, I thought the training montage was probably my least favorite training montage besides Rocky V. Um, I left pretty underwhelmed with this one. It was My favorite part of it was catching up with Ivan Drago and like to see how the loss of that fight in Russia affected him over the past 30 years. And I felt like it brought something, it brought more humanity to his character. Um, you saw that he lost everything and he's trying to regain all that glory with his son. And there's a very, very cool thing that happens in the final fight with him that really hit me. And it ties back to the original Rocky four. Um, that's, what I loved about this movie was like the Drago stuff. And of course, Rocky, Rocky was fantastic and I'm not blaming Michael B. Jordan or Tessa Thompson or anything like that. I thought that they were great. I just felt like this movie was pretty slow in parts and like, I don't know if it earned it. I don't know. I don't know. It just didn't, it didn't earn it for me. Um, and I think a lot of it has to do with the new director and, um, I don't know. I, I, I'm going to give this one a taste it, a solid taste it. I just, it just. Mm, that's that's unfortunate. I know how much you were looking forward to this. I mean, Creed's been one of your favorite movies since it came out in the last few years. So. I loved Creed. I, and I'm, I, I'm not saying that somebody else can go see this movie and not walk out of it and be like, wow, that was fantastic. That was a Tupperware. By all means, don't listen to my rating of this. Um, 
watch it and judge for yourself. But for me, um, and I have no problem with the Rocky formula. I know how the Rocky movies work. And I have no, that, that the Rocky formula does not play a part in this. I, I actually love the formula. Um, the actor that played Victor Drago, the son of Ivan Drago, he's big, he's massive. But I didn't get like that. I wanted more emotion and a little bit more ferocity in the ring. Um, and I didn't get that from him. So, and that's another thing. Cause we got that. Like when, when, um, when Drago was losing to Rocky or when Rocky was actually like taking his, his punches, like we saw like the ferocity in Dolph Lundgren's face during that fight. I love one of my favorite scenes in that is like when, when he, when he, when he can't put Rocky down and when he does, Rocky always gets back up and he's sitting there and he's talking to his trainer and he says, he's like a, he's like hitting a piece of iron. And I was just like, Oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. We finally see some fear in this fucking guy that thinks he's unbeatable. I love that about Rocky four. That movie was so fantastic, but yeah, yeah. Rocky four is one of the best. It's so good. But anyway, yeah, I'm going to give this one a taste of it. Don't take my word for it. Go out there and see it and, and make up your own mind. Um, the next movie that I want to talk about is boy erased. I saw this this week. Um, the son of a Baptist preacher is forced to participate in a church-supported gay conversion program after being forcibly outed by his parents. It's directed by Joel Edgerton, and um, he, uh, he acted in this and directed this. He also directed a movie called The Gift, starring Jason Bateman that I absolutely loved. And, um, but this movie, it's based on uh, Gerard Conley's 2016 memoir of the same name, so it's based, inspired by a true story. This one stars Lucas, Hez- uh, Lucas Hedges, and uh, he's been kind of a rising star as of late. I remember him in Lady Bird. He was also in this year's mid-90s, and uh, here he is in Boy Erased. Uh, it also stars Russell Crowe and Nicole Kidman and Joel Edgerton himself. Um, this movie is, uh, it's an absolute Tupperware. I thought it was so good. It was uh, hard to watch at times. You just want to, like, hug these boys and, and, and these girls that are in this conversion, this conversion therapy, and just tell them it's okay to be who you are. And it's just, what's so fucked, about, fucked up about this is, like, the church and these people will talk about, like, how evil and perverse homosexuality is, but it's... What's evil and perverse is the way that they treat human beings. And these people have every right to love who they want to love. And it shouldn't be viewed as perverse and evil. And it's really hard to watch some of these scenes as like there's a there's a scene where um, this this big football player kid is, you know, he's he, he thinks that he's gay and they have like this. It's like it's like a it's like an intervention for him. And. They have uh, the, uh, some of the people that are in the program, whether they be you know leaders in the program and also like people that are participating in the program. And they also have his family go to like this intervention where like they get him to like sit like to uh, kind of like sit down like a dog on all fours and they all take turns hitting him with the Bible. Yeah. And it's – <laughs> It's just so disturbing. It's just so disturbing to watch. And you've got Lucas Hedges here who's trying to figure out his sexuality. And his dad's a, 
a Baptist preacher and believes that, you know, homosexuality is a sin and, and, and all this. And so he's 18 and he, and he, he wants to make his parents happy. And so he goes to this conversion therapy. And like, once you're there, you start to figure out how fucked up this really is. And like how this guy's, you know, the leader of this played by Joel Edgerton is not, he's not a doctor. He has no doctorates. It's just, just a, a whack job. And, um, it's crazy that this this kind of shit still goes on. I think it's banned in most states, but it's just crazy that it, it, that I did. I don't know if I read this, but at the time, I think at the time of this movie coming out, maybe I read that it's still legal in possibly thirty eight states. I don't know. I'm, yeah. I I need to do my. I wouldn't be surprised by that. Like yeah. I I don't want to make any false statements without research myself mm-hmm. either. But yeah, it's people are still fucked up that mm-hmm. believe in these kind of like values that this kind of thing is actually like biblical in any sense of the terms you will see characters change over this and um nicole kidman oh my god what a performance she puts on she is so good in this um and uh i'm gonna give this a tupperware it's a it's a very heavy movie um and um my mom actually just texted me about this one she's like have you seen boy erased and uh, I said, yes, it is fantastic. So my mom's actually, my mom, big book reader, so she's probably going to read the book and then go see the movie. So I'm um, excited to, to get her thoughts. But uh, I highly, highly, highly recommend Boy Erased. It is a, uh, a fantastic film. Um, hard to watch in certain parts, but I think that this is a movie that can open people's eyes and uh, also expose that, uh, that conversion therapy for how perverse and evil it is. So, yeah, Tupperware, Boy Erased. Uh, and Tupperware, Lucas Hedges, man. That kid's career's taken off. So um, let's talk about three trailers that dropped this week. Uh, the first is for a YouTube original series that will be dropping all episodes on January 16th. It's called Wayne. Uh, YouTube Originals has released a brand new trailer for their upcoming action comedy series, Wayne, which is created by Deadpool writers Rhett Reese and Paul Wernick. Uh, the video gives us a glimpse of the difficult and violent adventure that our anti-hero will have to go through together with the help of his girlfriend, Dell. All episodes will drop on January 16th on YouTube Premium. Uh, in this gritty and sometimes bloody tale, 15-year-old Wayne sets out on a dirt bike with his new crush, Dell to take back the 1978 Pontiac Trans Am that was stolen from his father before he died. It is Wayne and Dell against the world. It will star Mark McKenna. Uh, he was in Sing Street, uh, and he plays Wayne. Uh, Sierra Bravo. She was in Red Band Society. She plays Dell. Joshua J. Williams from Mudbound will also recur as Orlando. It's a ten episode series. It's written and created by Sean Simmons. Uh, the series exe- is executive produced by Rhett Reese and Paul Wernick from Deadpool and Zombieland. Um, Neil, what did you think about the trailer for Wayne? I fucking loved it. It is. It looks exactly right up that alley that the those guys have have become masters of um, Paul Wernick and Rhett Reese uh, with the, the super violence mixed with comedy. 
And I mean, I'm in a Tupperware of the trailer, and I'm actually going to sign up for YouTube once this drops for the free month and just binge the fuck out of it, along with Cobra Kai and some other stuff. Yeah, Cobra uh, Kai Origin, and then I highly recommend Impulse as well. So right, yeah, you've talked about that bunch, and I, I've I've wanted to do it. It just I was I'm, I'm now I'm waiting for Wayne to drop yeah, before I yeah, do it. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. this looks amazing. Yeah, Jake, what did you think about Wayne? Yeah, I thought it looked really good. I'm going to go ahead and give it a high taste it. Um, I don't know. I, I kind of don't know how this is going to go for 10 episodes is kind of where I'm at in my head. This looked really good if it was like a movie. I would Tupperware it. And it you know, just the whole thing has this like really um, anti-Hollywood, you know, production thing going for it. And I, I do like that a lot. But I, I'm worried that 10 episodes of this may be a bit too much. It like just from what I've seen from the trailer, the storyline really didn't seem all that inventive. And they, they kind of showed a lot with what happens with him and Dell already just in this trailer. And I don't know, it seems like a lot to stretch over 10 hours, what they're trying to do here. I'm, I'm going to give it a Tupperware. I thought that this looks like just like uh, a lot of crazy action and just uh, some of the things that he's Wayne is doing in this trailer he just seems like the most unlikely guy to be doing these things. He's like not a big guy. He doesn't look like a pussy. He's just not a big guy. And here he is. Like we had the scene of him like, you know, the the girl, the, the she looks like she's a clerk at kind of like a convenience store. And this guy is like talking down to her and treating her like shit. And <laughs> the next thing you know is like we see Wayne buy a baseball bat, go out there, beat the shit out of this guy's bike as he's got like the guy chained up to like a post using his bike chain the guy's neck is like chained up to a to a bike rack or something and then you know just there's this one scene where we where they show him with like a a garden gnome it's it's uh, how okay it's the more like that that weapon the morning sun is that what it's called is that yeah yeah uh, morning star morning star or whatever it's called yeah it's like the 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 spiky ball and chain instead of the spiky ball like that medieval spiky ball at the end it, it's it, he's got a garden gnome attached to a chain <laughs> and he's 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 literally swinging it around and scaring the shit out of this guy this just looks like high octane action for me and just from two characters that seem so unlikely i loved the snappy dialogue in this as well the 15 year old girl at the diner and you know she's ordering a cup of coffee and then the judgmental older like diner waitress says don't you look you look a little young to be drinking coffee and she's like well you look a little too old to be wearing a choker around your neck but the hot wants what the hot wants right i was just like i that's rhett reese and paul wernick dialogue that's like (laughs) thank you tracy thank you tracy oh yeah i loved it i thought it was great i thought the dialogue looked snappy i thought the characters looked like they were going to be a lot of fun like dell's like um, her brothers look like a couple of shitheads and I can't wait to see them get the crap kicked out of them. Um, I think this looks like a lot of fun. Yes. 10 episodes seems like a lot, but I think like if you have great writers like Rhett Reese and Paul Wernick, and then hopefully this Sean Simmons, I hope that they can put something together here, but everything in the trailer, I thought like it just looked very fun, very stylized. And like, it looked like more of like what you would get from Rhett Reese and Paul Wernick. So I'm, really excited for this series uh and youtube originals have seemed to be really good lately so yeah uh wayne looks fantastic so yeah looking forward to it fuck yeah 
All right. Let's see. Let's talk about the second trailer. Um, this one was for Replicas. Um, Entertainment Studios has re- released. I said that like I was questioning it. Replicas? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. It is Replicas. You are yes. correct. So, all right. <laughs> Thank you, guys. <laughs> I felt like what do you? I felt like you guys playing Glover Boy. You're like, <laughs> Chris, Chris? Brian, you're up one nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! All right. Um, Entertainment Studios has released the official trailer for Replicas, their upcoming sci-fi thriller starring Keanu Reeves. After a car accident kills his family, a daring synthetic biologist, uh, played by Reeves, will stop at nothing to bring them back, even if it means pitting himself against a government-controlled laboratory, a police task force, and the physical laws of science. The movie also stars Thomas Middleditch, uh, Alice Eve, uh, Emily, Alan Lind, John Ortiz, and MJ Anthony. Uh, in addition to starring, Reeves produced the film uh, with his producing partner, Stephen Hamel. Um, what did you guys think about Keanu Reeves, uh, the trailer for Replicas, the sci-fi thriller? Uh, yeah. Jake. I mean, this is the perfect movie vehicle to get a Keanu Reeves whoa out of, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean this looked this looked okay. This is I'm gonna give the trailer just to taste it. Um it was a very short trailer, so maybe there'll be something with a little bit more wow factor coming on down the line before January. Um the plot's intriguing, cast isn't too shabby. It just I don't know. So, nothing really got me too like pumped up to see this movie from this trailer. So I'm just gonna middle of the road taste it. I'll see this movie, but I'm not you know, not freaking out over it from this trailer. Neil, what'd you think? Yeah, I have to echo a lot of that. I thought it looked good. The you know, the CGI and everything looked pretty interesting, but I I don't care. Um, so I'm gonna give it a low taste it just because I, I I have no interest in seeing this. You know, the trailer did nothing for me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm also just gonna give this a taste it. Um, like like Jake, it was it was okay. Like this just seems like um, I don't know. It just seems it, <sighs> cloning. Um, my family's dead. I brought him back. It, Haven't we seen this movie before? Yeah, a hundred other times. I think they're, they're cloning this movie at this point. Um, <laughs> I mean, I love Keanu Reeves, don't get me wrong. I mean, give me more John Wick all day, but like this just looks like, I don't know, it just looks like generic sci-fi film. So yeah. we'll see. I mean, I'm going to give it a, a, just a solid taste. Of, I'm, I'm probably being generous by that. Um I might see this in the theater. I might not. It just depends. I mean, it depends on, yeah, it comes out January 11th. Uh, of next year so yeah I'll, I'll taste this one but um i don't know it just it did not blow me away the trailer it doesn't look terrible and it might be it might even be good but i i can see this one kind of like and i i don't know but i i can see this one kind of like not sticking the landing you know as mm-hmm. far as like the third act or whatever but we'll see i you, you don't say <laughs> i know i'm just you know i i don't know so we'll see. Uh, the third trailer uh, was – it's actually not a trailer. It's um, – actually, it's uh, – we've we talked about the trailer in the past. Neil, you were actually on the episode where we talked about – I was, yeah. The trailer for uh, Sci-Fi's Night Flyers. Uh, that's going to be uh, dropping – they're dropping all episodes on uh, the Sci-Fi app, Sci-Fi streaming, on Sunday, December 2nd. This is not the trailer. This was actually the first five minutes of the series. We talked about that uh, as well, um, it was uh, unreleased, 
it was an unreleased scene back then when we talked about it. And I mm-hmm. had just I had just heard about this in the media outlets. And um, now they've they've actually released that scene so everybody can see it. Night Flyers is set in the year 2093. Night Flyers is a psychological thriller that follows a team of scientists aboard the Night Flyer, the most advanced ship ever built, as they embark on a journey to find other life forms. Their mission takes them to the edge of the solar system and to the edge of insanity as they realize true horror isn't waiting for them in outer space. It's already on their ship. So um, we got to see the first five minutes, nearly five minutes of the series here. And um, basically kind of like what we saw here was um, a woman sending a distress message telling everybody that pretty much all the crew except for her is dead and not to like come on the ship right it's like stay away stay do not there shouldn't be like a rescue mission do not try to retrieve the night flyer you know just stay away from the ship and when then we see this other character running around with an axe trying to kill her it was very like it was very like the Shining, like Jack Nicholson. <laughs> so much so. Right? Um, <laughs> I was waiting for him to say, here's Johnny. I'm getting the sense that you guys didn't like this. I actually thought that this was pretty fucking incredible, the way to start the series. I I love these first five minutes. I thought it was... I th- I thought it, it's it's a... It, I love these space horrors. I really enjoyed Origin recently, and this just looks like more of the same that I'm really... The way this trailer ended with her basically, like, cutting her own throat just, like, shocked the hell out of me, even though I, like, talked about it, like, months ago. I was just like, holy shit, we saw it. That was, that was crazy. I'm actually looking forward to this. And then I went back and watched the original trailer, and the, and it looks like this is the first five minutes of the show, and she kills herself. And the rest of the show is, like, the events leading up to this madness and what's going on in the ship. But I, I absolutely um, thought that this was fantastic. I'm actually going to give what we saw here a Tupperware. I'm, if, if this is the first five minutes of a show that you're going to give me, I, I got to watch it now. I got to watch it at this point. Like that's like the the hook for me. So Jake. Uh, yeah, I did not like this at all. Um, I did have to. Re- I was a little bit shocked at the end when she took her life, and I did have to. Uh, rewind to even see what happened because it, it was just so quick you know i was like i don't think she shot herself and then i saw what really happened and i was like oh kind of gruesome but yeah i didn't i don't know this just seems super tropey to me and like i felt very haven't i seen this before watching this the entire time and i i, I kind of didn't understand why this was the five minutes that they would give us to latch us on and make us watch the rest of the show, at least from my, my vantage point. Hmm. Um, and I thought it was going to move forward from this moment. I'd kind of forgotten the trailer that we're seeing all these characters still alive. So well, I think it's that still, honestly, it's still could, that aspect. Oh, it, go ahead. It, I'm saying it still could move forward from this. I, I think if, if, if they're just, if this is a limited series that, okay. Okay. Then they, it won't possibly, but I was thinking like, Going forward, by the end of this season, it could end with that same scene, too, going into, you know, season two. We get to see, like, what happens because, like, you can't tell me that they're not going to send out, like, another team to retrieve the Night Flyer. Oh, obviously the cliffhanger of the first season is is they're not going to heed her warning and they're going to try to retrieve the ship. Yeah. Yeah. Neil. So, I don't know. This just felt really uninspired and unoriginal and kind of boring to me. (laughs) 
<laughs> I thought it was great. Neil. Um, I love George R. R. Martin a lot. Uh, I think we I mentioned that last time. And I actually really enjoyed most of the trailer, except for the fact that it did the one thing that bothers me the most about zero gravity stuff. And it's that her hair didn't move. Um, and that really kind of threw me off the first time I watched it because we got Neil deGrasse Tyson on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it, it just it just takes me out of it. It, it, it. Gravity did the same thing. And it's if you're not going to invest some time to make it more realistic, just shave her head or make her wear a helmet or something. But that, that threw me off the first time. I'm going to give it a taste it. But because of that, uh, hopefully they that's not how it is for most of the series. Uh, with this, with this attention to detail, yeah, but I thought it looked. I thought it looked interesting, and yeah. uh, I'm going to check it out for sure. Because I, again, as, as I said, I love George R. R. Martin's stuff, and mm-hmm. his his brain is insane. Yeah, it looks like you know when you watch the original trailer, it looks like they're going to have some of it set on Earth and probably showing us like the different people that are going to go on this mission. Um, I don't know if that's going to be. I would I would guess that they're going to start possibly with the mission and then maybe give us flashbacks of these people on Earth and what they did. But um, I don't know. I, I After Origin, I'm really – it's another series that's kind of similar to that in many aspects. And I loved Origin. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give this a shot. Hopefully this is good. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, 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 sci-fi horror is something that can go really great or it can go really <laughs> wrong. So we'll see. We'll see. Now, you mentioned that they're going to drop all the episodes at once on the sci-fi app. Are mm-hmm. they still going to air this as a weekly show on the channel? I would I would imagine so. Okay. I, okay. I, I don't know how that works. I, I just know that it basically it, it said um, in the um, in the press, rele- press release that they're dropping all episodes on the streaming. So if, if, you, if you go to, you know, if you get the app, I, I guess you can just watch them all there. I, I, I don't know. It's not something that I think sci-fi's done before, so I, I don't know yeah. how, how that's going to work on a week-to-week thing. So, yeah, I, hmm. I, I would just imagine like every Sunday you'll get a new episode, but you can also, you know, just if you have like on my Roku, I could just watch them all. It's like a classic George R. R. Martin show. There'll be someone out there that can just tell you what the fuck happens. Aren't <laughs> <you>? <laughs> yeah, very true. Uh, <laughs> Let's see. Is this the last thing that I have? Yeah. Oh, uh, by the way, guys, uh, you can watch all three of those trailers. I'm actually going to start putting trailers in our show notes for the podcast. So I've added all three of those trailers there. So if you want to see the trailers for Wayne, uh, for Night Flyers and Replicas, you can just you know click on our show notes and, and watch them from there. I saw Robin Hood today. <laughs> um, the, uh, nice. Good job. Uh, it's a, a war-hardened crusader and his Moorish commander mount an audacious revolt against the corrupt English crown in a thrilling action packed with gritty battlefield exploits. I'm, uh, I'm going to start talking British. <laughs> Mind-blowing fight choreography and a timeless romance. It's directed by... I'm sorry, I'm going to stop. It's directed by Otto Bathurst, which sounds... Like the name of the car that will one day take Bruce Wayne's body to the funeral home. <laughs> yeah, call the Bathurst. Holy cow. Auto Bathurst. Uh, it stars Taron Egerton as Robin of Loxley. Uh, Jamie Foxx as Little John. Um, 
Ben Mendelson as the sheriff of Nottingham, Eve Hewson as Maid Marion, Jamie Dornan as Will Scarlet. So, yeah, we've got Fifty Shades. I talked about him in a private war last week, and here he is showing Yeah, you were a big fan of him last week. I wonder if that still held up. I did. Uh, So let's talk about Robin Hood Begins here. Um, Oh. Hold on. I, I, I wish I could get on here and just tell you, like, this movie was just like a pile of shit. It, it's not terrible, in my opinion. I don't think it's great either. I think Taron Egerton did a, did a fine job. I think Jamie Foxx did a fine job. The story's actually kind of fun. It's a little long. Um, it's, it's, it's an hour and 56 minutes. They easily could have shortened this a little bit. Um, to an hour? Yeah, yeah. I saw it, too. It, <clears throat> I, the biggest problem for me in this one was the direction that they took with the action. Um, some people might like it, but I thought it was pretty laughable. Um, like the beginning war scene where they were fighting in the Crusades, like with you got all your bow hunters there, but they gave it like this modern warfare type feel. Like, like you've got guys with bows and arrows but it feels like you're watching Black Hawk Down or Lone Survivor <laughs> with those. With Are the arrows, like, making, like, screechy noises? Is it, like, blinding? Yeah. It was I, like a fucking mortar arrow set yeah, and shit. Yeah, they, Oh, my God. I'm not, I'm not even kidding. There's, there's so much so that there, there's this one guy in a bell tower, and he's got this huge metal crossbow that's kind of, like, on a metal pivot, and he fires this thing like it's a machine gun. And then... And, like, it's these huge metal arrows, and they'll, like, hit walls, and, like, big chunks of brick will fly out. It's like you're literally watching, <laughs> like, like Catherine Bigelow do, like, the Hurt Locker or Black Hawk Down. It's just – and they even, like, they're all kind of, like, dressed in, like uh, – it looks like they're even dressed in army fatigues. It is so weird. Um, With, like, the, the metal plates over it. Yeah. Uh, Robin and his men, they all hold their bows, and, and they – they all hold them out and, and they move like they're soldiers with M16s. It's so weird. And then, but that was actually tame. Like that scene was tame <laughs> to the final act of the film where it just turns into big dumb action movie and it goes full on Michael Bay. Like before we're watching Bigelow Black Hawk Down and now it's like full on Michael Bay complete with these huge giant explosions and like. <laughs> That's my biggest problem with this is like if they would have just had fun trick shots because I love that fun trick shots with the bow like that's what they did. They did update like if you go back and you watch like go and watch like Errol Flynn's Robin Hood and then watch Kevin Costner's Robin Hood like they did the trick shot thing. They did the thing where like he shoots like the arrow and it splits the arrow. Right. I mean, he shoots the arrow right in the bullseye and then splits the other arrow in half like those are fun trick shots i love that about the kevin costner film and you know of course you got the you know uh, the late alan rickman in that movie too you, you can't beat that guy um it's just with this am i crazy that we just did another robin hood like two years ago too like no, russell crowe that was russell yeah. crowe and uh that was a more like grounded gr- you know gritty robin hood but that's why they're doing this movie is because it's, you know, Robin Hood's in the public domain. You, you don't have to pay the but they paid this movie cost one hundred million dollars. And it's like do, it's almost like dead last this week. It, it, it's not making a lot of money. Um, and, uh, I, you know, I, I didn't I didn't hate this movie. I thought it was stupid and fun enough. But it was just like 
you know, like I enjoyed some of the scenes of like Robin Hood stealing from the rich and giving to the poor. And some of those scenes were actually kind of fun. And some of the trick shots, the very we got very little of them. It was basically more like Robin just using his bow as like a machine gun and like <laughs> and firing off arrows really fast. Like I wanted to see more trick shots and shit like that. And I thought Taron Egerton was charming enough. I thought Ben Mendelsohn was at his Mendelsoniest that he's ever been. <laughs> I'm going to give this one just a solid taste it because it was like, I, I didn't love it. Trust me. I didn't love it, but I did. I didn't leave the theater. Just like, I fucking hate that movie. I, it was, it was okay enough. There was some parts that just had me like, I, there were parts where I was laughing for the wrong reasons. Cause it was so stupid, but I don't know. I had enough fun with this one to where I can just give it a solid taste. It's nothing I'll watch again, and they're definitely setting up up for a sequel. But um, what'd you think? Yeah. What'd you think, Neil? <laughs> this movie made me really angry that I paid money for it. Uh, it, it I, I tossed the fuck out of it. It was. <laughs> I thought the, the story was convoluted and unnecessary. Uh, I mean, I appreciate the fact they were trying to give it some meat other than the classic Robin Hood love story fighting against the man thing. But it didn't work for me at all. There was a lot of like shoehorned in elements that were trying to be like some sort of socio-political commentary that came off as laughable to me. And it's definitely set up for a sequel, which it does not deserve at all. It's not going to get now. (laughs) I I hope not. It's not. It's not. This movie cost $100 million and... They put a lot. They put too much money into this thing. They could have, man. If if they would have like just kind of like the scene with the horse was ridiculous. <laughs> you know exactly what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, Jesus Christ, that was ridiculous. <sighs> they needed to tone down the action a little bit. Like I understand that you want to update it and everything, and I think like the Costner film for the time did it in a very fun and stylized way you know like mm-hmm. so the trick shots were very cool you're like when they're shooting off the arrow you're actually following the arrow and that was cool this they just kind of like said let's take that and let's like fucking like michael bay the fuck out of this thing yeah <laughs> it, yeah. it was if oh they, god if they it, it yeah if angered they, me if they would have just pulled back on that stuff a little bit and i totally get about the the political stuff as well that was a little ham-fisted so oh yeah god but uh and i love ben Mendelssohn, but i feel like he's like pigeonholing himself like in typecasting mm-hmm. himself and um you know i want to see him do more stuff like mississippi grind and, and oh yeah he was and, great in that yeah and bloodlines and i want to see him do more stuff like that and kind of like stop being like i've got to be the villain in rogue one i've got to be the villain in ready player one i've got to be the villain in any movie that ends in the word one i mean like stop (laughs) yeah (laughs) and mendelson's great but he is becoming kind of that paint by numbers uh, disney movie villain really quickly over the top villain yeah 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 Mm -hmm. oh you know what part just fucking slayed me no i'm not even gonna i don't know you just watch the people if you watch (laughs) There's a part in the movie where, like, Marion is watching Robin Hood ride off after stealing from the rich and he's given to the poor and he's riding off and she's, like, in her little nightgown and she looks out over, like, the balcony and she sees him. And, dude, the look on her face was just, like, <laughs> dude, you could literally feel, like her getting wet 
<laughs> you could literally say, I was just like in the theater. I wanted to say something so bad. Like, oh my God. It, like I could actually feel like the moisture in the air. Like the, the it, I was just like, wow. Okay. Her, her inner monologue was the flick the bean uh, bumper. <laughs> <laughs> totally <laughs> totally oh my gosh but yeah man this is this is a miss this definitely was a this was a miss and i'm being generous by giving it a taste and i should probably low taste it to be quite honest with you but, <laughs> you know and somewhere along the line it's I, the, the part that also like you know half of the time like he, he doesn't have the fa- the mask on did you notice that yeah the it's mask like, the mask kept falling off of him, and then Little John was never disguised at all. Like no, it's like he never disguised himself, and he's like running around with Robin Hood, pulling with one off, hand with one hand, and then not even. But but it's like, aren't you worried about your identity and the fact that you're like helping this guy? And it was so weird to me. But anyway, yeah, that was Robin Hood people. So yeah. I, <laughs> The the scene where they're nailing up the hoods all over town. Yeah, yeah. I was like, wow, whoever is selling these hoods is making a fucking killing. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Get your hoods. I got your, I got your Robin Hood hoods here. Get your hoods. <laughs> yeah, like people are going to Etsy and buying <laughs> Find the Robin Hoods. I just go get some knockoff hoods from across the street. People do it with our fucking t-shirts, Jake. Yeah. That shit's still out there. You can – it's so weird. Dude, For like I can like contact the companies and tell them to take it down. They'll pull it down. But then like other people will have our shirts on other sites. It's so weird. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. We've made it. No. No, we have not. <laughs> All right, let's see. What are you, you going to say there, Jake? Oh, no, nothing. Were you going to gloat about being the winner of Glover Boy again? <laughs> no, no, no. At least not then. <laughs> let's, uh, we'll take a break, guys, and we're going to come back, and we're going to talk about uh, the Pop Culture Leftovers news. How's that sound? I, I do have one more thing. Oh, no, yeah, that's right. You do. No, we're, gonna, yeah. we're not going to take a break right now. We're going to... Neil's going to hold up the whole podcast here. And, uh, okay. No, I'm Thanks, kidding. Neil. No, what, is it? what is it, Neil? What do you got? <laughs> so I found this uh, show on Netflix called Glitch. It's uh, an Australian show. It's, it's 12 episodes. It's two seasons of six episodes apiece. Uh, they came out, the first season came out in 2015. The second season came out last year. I don't know if they're making a third season. I really hope they do because mm-hmm. this show was fucking awesome. Um, total Tupperware. It's about... These people who come back from the dead uh, from all different time periods, like one person died two years ago, another person died 150 years ago, and they have no memories when they come back. And as the show progresses, they slowly get their memories back and figure out how and why they died. And they're trying to figure out why they're back. Um, It starts or it stars uh, Patrick Brammel, who was the uh, American officer at the end of Overlord. And uh, Genevieve O'Reilly, who is Marmon Mothma in Rogue One, and a a whole bunch of other Australian actors. Hmm. It's a very ensemble cast. The acting is incredible. The story is really interesting and and good. There's a lot of good action in it. Um, And it it was just a really, really good show. I highly recommend. I am going to watch that. Okay, that sounds really awesome. I love the concept. Australians... Get it right. Six episodes for a season. Am I right? 
Yeah, Isn't for that, sure. Right? I mean, that's no, the way to do it. There's no fluff. It? There's no yeah. filler. It's just it's all the story and, and the yeah. character development. It's it's really really real well done. Yeah, Great Britain does it too, man. They, they're all about mm-hmm. like uh, yeah. Here, here's uh, six episodes of uh, how many episodes does Sherlock get? You know, like four, like three. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's the way to do it. Yeah. That's yeah, so Glitch, it's on Netflix. It was uh, under the the category I found it under was uh, under the radar, uh, critically acclaimed shows or something like that. That was easy to find, wasn't it? Scrolling <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it popped up. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I know. It's easy, like, and but you could scroll. You could, hold on. Here's the thing. You could scroll. Uh, you could continue to scroll for a year straight and probably never find that again. It's, yeah, totally. That's the weird thing about Netflix. Netflix is just like it's like uh, I don't know. It's so weird. It, 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 like you get different menus every time you log on to that fucker. Like yeah, their algorithm is yeah. weird. Their algorithm, alg- uh, algorithm. Their algorithm <laughs> is so weird. My alcoholism is really weird, and the guys it makes me, gives me a slur. Anyway, um, yeah, it's it's. Oh man, sometimes it's like, where's my list? I can't find my list. <laughs> where, where is my list? Or like, uh, or continue watching. Like, where's the continue yeah. watching? Like, I can't find this stuff, and it's. Fuck you, Netflix, for the for your menus. Like, <laughs> I, that's the one thing that I hope that Disney Plus just like knocks out of the park. It's just like their whole uh, their their whole menu system. It just sounds like the, it sounds like they're going to do a really good job with it. So, yeah, it won't be hard to beat Netflix and Hulu. Mm-mm. Not at all. So check out Glitch, people. Anyway, now now, hey Neil, can we take that break now, buddy? <laughs> yes. Would, yes that be, you would that be okay with you, Neil? I, I I think I can allow that. I know. I, I, <laughs> I'm not even upset. This is all. It's all just for show, people. It's I'm I'm a phony. I'm not upset at Neil. All right, we're gonna take a quick break. We'll be back with the pop culture leftovers news. Holly Quinn, pleased to meet ya. You're listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. So head over to popcultureleftovers.com and click on comic books where they have a comic book locator. There you can find the nearest comic book shop in your area. You can also see what new comic books are on shelves right now. If you don't have a shop near you, just click on the link for Things from Another World on the front page of the site. At TFAW.com, you can set up a poll list to have your comic books shipped to you monthly. They also sell figures, statues, and a ton of other really cool shit. But you gotta click the link through the site to help the show. That's PopCultureLeftovers.com. You got that, Puddin'? I swear I feel like I have to tell you guys everything. It's a wonder you can wipe your own asses. Anyway, I gotta go. I think I hear Mr. J. All right, hey, welcome back. It is time now for the Pop Culture Leftovers News. Hear ye, hear ye, read all about it. It's a leftover news and there's no doubt about it. This news is gangsta as fuck, yo. It's gangsta as fuck, yo. All right. You know, everybody, don't listen to my review of Robin Hood. Please listen to Neil's. He's like, here. <laughs> I, I don't want people to waste their money to go see this in the theater. It's really, I don't know. It's a good movie to laugh at. And you get to see 
Marion's wet face, which was kind of. <laughs> I, I think that, you made it sound hilarious. I, like, it, I had no interest in seeing it. Now that I know it's explosions, Michael Bay shit everywhere. Yes. I am kind of interested it's, now. It's so. <laughs> it's pretty fucking hysterical. Um, anyway, guys, news. Uh, Mr. Mercedes has been renewed for the audience network. For season three, uh, I still need to finish season two. I've watched episode one, and um, I, I I still love the show. I just I need to get back to it. There's just been so much new content that's coming out that I haven't had a chance to get back to it. But yeah, that's uh, great news. We're getting a season three of um, of uh, Mr. Mercedes. Oh, and I learned this week uh, Digital Spy had an article. Uh, Taboo is coming back for season two. Tom Hardy is confirmed. Yes. Oh wow! Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's awesome. That is so cool. And if Mr. Mercedes is is you know following the books, you know even closely, I would think season three would be the last season. Yes, uh, I think it is going to be the last season. Yeah, from our previous talks, I would think it would be the last season. But uh, yeah, Taboo season two. Can't wait for that one coming back on FXX. And so I'm looking forward to that show. Uh, yeah. Are you in a? Are you and Ashley gonna? I don't know. Do that? I don't know. That'll be game time decision, man. I think the. I think we kind of said we weren't gonna do American God season two and Taboo season two, and just continue with the Westworld podcast. But it mm. might. It might be a game time decision to come back and do Taboo. I don't know. I'll have to talk with Ashley when the time comes. So we might come back and do Talking Taboo. I have no clue. But uh, yeah, uh, Danny Legary, who I. Uh, Interviewed, um, uh, Wapine. Uh, no, he was <laughs> he was not urinating. Uh, but I, I interviewed him. He played Martinez in that first season. Uh, he sent me some pictures. Uh, he met his father for the first time in Fiji, and sent me some pictures of him and his father um, uh, meeting for the first time. And that was pretty incredible. He, he's an incredible, incredible person, uh, Danny. We we talked for for hours like we recorded the podcast and had a great conversation there and then after we stopped recording we continued to talk for over an hour just like off air and just bullshitting we talked everything from like tom hardy to uh we talked about nba basketball he's a big nba basketball fan we just talked about him his life and and some of the other things that he had in the works at the time and just a great guy but uh looking it's awesome that you made such a lasting impression and that he would you know send you the reconnaissance and see you know see those pictures of him meeting his father yeah i and he listened to me and ashley every week which was so incredible because like i didn't know like he would always like you know reach out to me and say hey you know if you want to interview me you know that'd be cool and 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 then when we got on the actual um recording like you know he's telling me about like all the episodes that he's listened to me and Ashley talk. And I was just like, Oh my gosh, it's so cool that <laughs> this guy was on the show and he actually listens to me every week. So I didn't have to, yeah, about- I didn't have to catch him up on stuff that we talked about on the show. It was like, he knew cause he listened. So like I was a fan of like that show and his work and, and he was, he was a fan of our show. So it was very cool to talk to him. Well, there's a listener you might catch shit from if you don't uh, bring I, the podcast back. <laughs> I, you know what? I might just do. I might do season two if Ashley don't want to come back. I'll do it with Danny. Me and Danny will do it. Oh, that'd be hilarious. That's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I, I, I hope. I, I don't know. I hope Ashley wants to come back and do it. I, I, I think it was mostly me at the time not wanting to come back and 
and and do it. But we'll see. We'll see with Talking Taboo season two if I if I do it. It'll be kind of like a game time decision thing. Uh, Bumblebee. Uh, we're getting Bumblebee the movie two weeks early on December eighth in select cinemas. Um, you can go to bumblebeemovie dot com, and uh, if, if there's a theater around you. Uh, you can uh, you can watch the movie two weeks early. I actually got my tickets. I'm I got to drive a ways to go see it though, but I've waited so long and I cannot wait to see this movie. So I'm I'm taking that drive and I'm seeing it in a. Uh, it's not an IMAX. What was it called? Like a DLX theater. It's a really nice Marcus Werenberg Marcus Werenberg theater, and uh, they're going to be playing it on December eighth. So uh, I'm looking forward to it. The old D-Box. Those are pretty big. It's not D-Box. D-Box. Oh, it's not a D-Box. No, D-Box is where you've got, like, the D-Box is where you sit in it and the chairs actually move to the action <laughs> on the screen. It's not a D-Box. It's, um, I'd have to look it up. It's, it's, I think it was, like, a DLX theater, deluxe or whatever, but um, I'd have to look it up. It's not, it's not Dolby. It's, I think it is Dolby Sound. It's not a Dolby Atmos uh, but uh, it's a Marcus Werenberg, and those are typically really nice theaters. It's got recliners, and the recliners, there's seven feet of separation from you in the next chair, which is wow. incredible. I can't wait for that. So that's one thing I hate is, like, getting to your seat. and Because like, I, I do go to a theater now that has the recliners. That's how I watched Wreck-It Ralph and, and, uh, and uh, Robin Hood. And uh, I, I love laying down in the recliner. It's so nice. But, like... There's not much room in between you and the next chair, so like you're constantly as you're getting to your seat, like knocking in other people's feet and shit, which kind of sucks. But uh, I thought Haley Steinfeld, looking forward to her performance in Bumblebee. I, I forgot she was a uh, an Academy Award nominee for True Grit. Oh wow! Yeah, I totally forgot. I, I, I've I've always been a big fan of hers, but I forgot that she was uh, nominated for an Academy Award for that film. Yeah, I've just never seen her in that world, honestly. I need to. It's, to me, she's that annoying top 40 girl. Top 40? I don't know if I've ever seen that. Uh, it's, it's all her songs. Oh, I haven't. Yeah, I'm not even familiar. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, I'm not even. I don't even know what that's about. <laughs> I'm old. Um, yeah. All A24 films, uh, A24 films have dropped on Canopy. That is incredible. What's Canopy? And what? Yeah, that that was my question. Canopy, uh, it's spelled K-A-N-O-P-Y. It's uh, uh, go to canopy.com. Uh, Canopy is an on-demand streaming video platform for public libraries and educational institutions that offers viewers a large collection of award-winning films and documentaries. Canopy includes children's programming. And uh, let's see here. Uh, there's over 30,000 films. And 400 of those films are Criterion films. So hmm. it's, uh, it's a free service. Um, I, I've, I've got it. A buddy of mine signed me up for it. I think most, if you have a library card, um, you can, uh, you get, I think most libraries have access to the Canopy. And so just go to canopy.com for details. But uh, it's a free service. I've, I've got it on my Roku now. And uh, just a couple days ago, they dropped all A24 films on there. Every That's A24 awesome. film, like Lean on Pete, which I just recently saw in the theaters maybe six months ago, is now on there. Of course, like The Disaster Artist, and um, I don't know if Eighth Grade is on there yet, and I'm sure Mid-90s will be on there later, but um, there's tons of indie films. Um, 
30,000 films, and it's all free. It's a free service. So, it, yeah. Go is ahead. Hereditary on there yet? I don't think it's on there. I think that – doesn't that drop on January as far as like Blu-ray and, and all mm. that stuff? I, I could, have no idea. I could be wrong. I don't know. I thought it already came out. I don't know. I have no fucking clue. I'm an idiot, guys. I don't know anything. I, I, <laughs> I, I, gave, I gave fucking Robin Hood a taste it, guys. I'm a, <laughs> I'm a legit moron. But, yeah, check out Canopy, guys. It's, it's pretty fucking cool. Um, I think you have to have, like, a library card in order to, to do it. And uh, I, got, I got a library card out here. I don't go to the library as much as I should. but um, Yeah, it looks like a cool service. I was kind of checking out the website. Yeah. Like yeah. 30,000 movies in a library card. That's that's a pretty sweet deal. Yeah. Uh, this might not mean anything to you guys and for a majority of our listeners, but uh, Variety has reported that the 90s show Northern Exposure will be getting a revival show for CBS. Jake, were you a fan of Northern Exposure? I absolutely love Northern Exposure. Yes. Uh, Neil, did you ever watch Northern Exposure? I didn't. It was I was a little young for it at the time, I think. I loved Northern Exposure. I think this came out in 92. Uh and uh I it was God damn it, I loved it. It it starred uh, Rob Morrow. He's going to and in this he's going to reprise his role as Dr. Joel Fleischman who returns to Sicily, Alaska for the funeral of an old friend. Once there, he finds a new set of quirky characters and reunites with old ones. Jake, the funeral for an old friend, do you think it's going to be? Remember the, remember the couple, um, the, the, the 20-year-old girl who was dating like the 50-year-old guy or something? Mm, yes. I, do you th- I bet it might be him that dies. Mm, I was thinking maybe it would possibly be his Native American secretary. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, that's oh, that sounds right. Um, I, I mean, I'm just guessing. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. But yeah, I, I had thought about that. It's it's someone that either isn't here with us anymore or just couldn't be back on the show, right? And you would think mm-hmm. it would be the former because they wouldn't give any respect to someone that just refused to come back. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love this show. It was about um, uh, New York City native Dr. Joel Fleischman. Uh, Stories revolving around his fish out of water difficulties adjusting to Atla- uh, to Alaska, and then uh, his uh, romantic involvement with Maggie O'Connell, and uh, he he played a uh, physician who just recently graduated, and he has his practice in Anchorage, and um, very fish out of water story, and just like a small tight knit community that he kind of had to like break his way into, and and as like the show went on, like he, it was less about dr joel fleischman and more about like the other characters and i man i loved this show it was so good i think it i think it's streaming somewhere or at least it was at one time i mean i love northern exposure it ran for six seasons over 100 episodes i believe 110 episodes uh and it was on cbs between 1990 and 1990 oh it was 1990 and 1995 is when this ran and i man jake i don't i don't care i i do want to see a revival show for this one i don't care it's not a this is not a reboot this is a revival show and i can't wait yeah i'm i'm pretty excited about it too it it instantly makes me want to revisit the show though yes Um, i actually i bought all the dvds back when um they were one of the first like season dvds they came out way back when dvd tv seasons were a big thing and i Mm -hmm. i watched it then which was probably about 15 years ago 
But I mean, it held up then, so I, I would be fine watching. I'm trying to. I'm looking it up on that Just Watch app that yeah. you talked about. Yeah. But I fucked up, and I have it on movies and not TV shows, and that explains why I can't find it. You fucked up, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, but yeah, I'm, I'm really hoping that it's going to be like on Hulu or Netflix or, or something. And if it's not now, you got to imagine that that they will make it so right by the time they have a. Uh, revival show coming out yeah oh god it got to uh, they'll probably won't don't you think that they'd have everything on the all access app right yeah i'm not seeing anything for it streaming anywhere hmm. so that's really bizarre hmm. yeah sorry bad podcasting here i'm like lost in a search oh, engine. it's been bad, bad podcasting since we first hit record so <laughs> but yeah, um, a lot of people, this is going to mean nothing to you uh, because this is a show that like ran, you know, 20 plus years ago. But for the people that watch Northern Exposure, it was dude, I felt like I felt like it was kind of like the cool show that not every, you know what I mean? I, f- I felt like it was like if somebody was watching Northern Exposure, they were in on something really cool at the time and not everybody was watching it. Yeah, definitely. It was it was a little bit of a sleeper hit. Honestly, though, it's one of the earliest like kind of hour long dramas I remember being must see TV for me at that age. For me, too. Were, yeah. Were you like 12 when that came out or something? Yeah, I would have been like 12, 13 when that came out. And I just remember watching it season to season and just loving the show. And then I loved the the the, the lady that played Maggie. And then I was like so excited when I saw her in Cliffhanger. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I remember it was always one of those shows that it was the first time as a kid that I heard about like being on the cusp of being canceled all the time. Oh, yeah. 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 So, like, it was, I, I remember, there was like, I think fans like sent something, mm-hmm. like bombed the studio with something for the show to get it another season. I even, think or you're something right. Like that. Yeah. They, like back when people were writing letters to studios and shit. Yeah. Um, yeah. It had, it had a really cult following. So, yeah, I'm excited for that. Uh, let's see here. Yeah. Uh, Tim Allen was on uh, Jimmy Fallon. <laughs> the, rhyme, the rhyming there. Ridiculous. <laughs> Jim Allen was on Jimmy Fallon. <laughs> Some... I, know, it's like, I feel like... I feel, Adam I, Fallon. I, no, I feel like Adam Sandler now. Uh, yeah. Jim Allen was on Jimmy Fallon. Some birds have more than one talent. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I only buy milk from the gallon. I don't. I'm, I'm going to stop. Um, <laughs> Tim Allen said this about Toy Story Four. Uh, it is so good. These guys are geniuses. It's so deep and moving and a wonderful plot. I can't give anything away. Uh, it's about different kinds of toys. They really will surprise you with the toys that they come up with. New guys are in it. Keanu Reeves has got a great part in it. So like. Here's the thing. We we didn't know that. He's like, I can't give anything away, and yet he can't shut the fuck up. And he says, Keanu Reeves has a great card in it. Um, who's he going to play? Who's Keanu, gonna play? Keanu Reeves going to play? Yeah, that that's crazy. Like, speculation's kind of all over the board with that, right? I've seen from people thinking he'll play himself to other characters he's played in movies, like a John Wick, to mm-hmm. just, you know, possible classic toys. Like, yeah, I'm not really sure what they're going to do with this. It's got to be something pretty unique, though, for uh, Alan to bring it up on Fallon. The 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 rumor that I like the most is he's going to be playing like a, an evil Knievel type toy. Remember the old evil Knievel <laughs> riding the motorcycle? 
Yeah, yeah. I love those toys where yeah. you pull the helmet yeah. that was like on the back of it and made it go. Exactly. That's the rumor that I've heard. I I think that that would be fantastic. That'd be a lot of fun. Yeah. So what do they? What oh, do they are, oh, go, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was gonna ask. Do you think the um, the Keegan Michael Key and Jordan Peele characters are gonna be in the movie, or is that just a marketing thing? Oh, they're definitely in the movie because they've cool. had they have temp posters that they're featured on too. Nice. Like you know the posters that just there's like four different posters that just show characters. Hmm. And they're they're featured on one. Forky's featured on one. Buzz and Woody are on another. I think Dinosaur's on the fourth. We've seen in this first, like, teaser with them all, like, you know, joining hands and doing that shit and that little teaser. Um, We saw Mr. Potato Head. Don Rickles played Mr. Potato Head, correct? Yes. He's dead. So, like, how are they going to do that? They didn't record his lines. I know that much. And so... Are they going to have – I think it's an easy fix. They could have at the beginning of this thing talking about how he lost his mouth. I mean they still do Slinky Dog. Who does and They have Slinky? someone impersonating Jim Varney. Oh, is that who they – okay. Jim Varney did the voice of Slinky Dog. Okay. So that's what – they'll probably have a, a Don Rickles impersonator then. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they'll just keep with that. And they'll, I don't think – I like the joke that you're saying, especially mm-hmm. with Mr. Potato Head, because you could just lose the mouth. Yeah, that's exactly that's my point. Yeah, and yeah. Can, and I but thought, yeah, I thought, it, I, I think I, they'll go through with it and just impersonate. I thought at the end of the movie, like if he finds his mouth, they could find some Don Rickles line from other some other movie to throw in there as like, you know, to make it work or something. I don't know, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, well, they'll <clears> probably just get a Don Rickles impersonator to do it then. At that point, if they're having somebody do like the Jim Varney voice. So. Yeah, because I don't think he was alive for Toy Story 3. I, I could be wrong about that, but I'm pretty sure it was an impersonator then, too. Probably, yeah. He's been gone for a while, it seems like. Yeah, I think he was in 1 and 2, but I don't think I don't think 3. Yeah. Oh, man. Hey, Vern, I'm dead. Sorry, that was... Really, <laughs> I know. That was- I always <laughs> think the impersonator... I, I think the in Toy Story, it always sounds really tacky, because it's always like, gee, howdy! I, I think it's not quite Jim Barney, and it... Yeah. It's always been weird. The Toy Story three and coming up Toy Story four, Jim Varney Slinky Dog character is just like say your pull the string and say the uh, Jim Varney catchphrase and then get out of the screen. I used to love the Hey Vern, it's Ernest morning show when I was a kid. Oh yeah, I, I used to love the Ernest movies when I, I was too. a kid. My like favorite, the first three. My favorite was uh, Ernest Goes to Jail, and when he's in, oh yeah, when he's in the courtroom, the physical comedy when he's in the courtroom <laughs> and he's chewing on that pen and it breaks in his mouth. <laughs> And he's got the ink all over his face, and it is just ridiculous. That is one of the funniest fucking scenes in any movie. I died laughing when I saw that. That was so funny. Yeah, I'm going to second that. I agree, man. We've all been in that ridiculous broken pin situation. Yeah. You know? Where it goes in like... It's fucking hilarious. Oh, God. Where it goes in like... I hate it when they break in your pants. Yeah, the pocket uh, is how it normally happens. Fucking kills me, yeah. Um... All right, guys, let's jump on into Marvel news.
Marvel news. Told you, news is light this week, guys. There is not a lot of news this week, so we're already in Marvel news. It's crazy. It's fucking nuts, guys. Um, yeah, Hell's freezing over. Yeah, cats and dogs having sex. <laughs> that was kind of like what Bill Murray said in Ghostbusters. Kind of. Kind of took paraphrasing. Yeah, he kind of kind of took some liberties there with that one, didn't you? Dogs and cats having sex. <laughs> I don't quite remember the line going that way. But anyway, Avengers Infinity War is coming to Netflix on Christmas Day. So Merry Christmas. You're getting Avengers Infinity War on Netflix. Oh, man. The perfect way to ignore your relatives. Yeah. 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 Wakanda forever. Shut up, Grandma! <laughs> 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 yeah, we'll eat when it's fucking over. <laughs> anyway, speaking of Avengers, uh, when are we getting this fucking Avengers 4 trailer? Oh my god. <laughs> Never. Are we going to get a title when we get the trailer, or will both things be happy That's, at the same time? Jake, this is what's going to piss me off, dude. As soon as they, they drop that fucking trailer, you're going to have, like, if I don't see that the trailer's been dropped and I go to some fucking media outlet, they're going to, one of them is going to be a fucking cunt about this and put the title in the article. Oh yeah. Cause it's going to be a reveal at the, at end, the, of the end of the trailer. And that's how I want to see it. I don't want to be, I don't want to be, uh, I don't want to see the fucking title for it in the title of an article. If, yeah. if, if a media site does that, that is fucking bullshit. Yeah, I mean, let's hope even Marvel, Disney themselves can can stop themselves, right? I wouldn't be surprised if the YouTube video claimed the title. I would. I I, I bet they're going to say the Avengers Four. I would hope. I'm I'm being hopeful. Wish in one hand, shit in the other, and see which one fills up first. But anyway, I am <laughs> I'm being hopeful that they'll say the Avengers Four trailer has dropped, and then they'll then they'll release it, um, and then. At the end of it, we'll see it. I just don't want any other fucking media outlet to drop the the title. And, like, guys, if you listen to the podcast um, and you see that the trailers come out and you guys send me the article for it, don't fucking send me the title with it. Just let me, please. I beg of you. And if you send me the title with it, I will t- I will ban you from every fucking thing. <laughs> Pop culture leftovers related. I promise you, I will ban. That's awesome. I will ban. We'll the- blacklist you so hard. Exactly. You will be. You're nothing in this town, JJ. <laughs> it's over. <laughs> You're done. You're finished. Oh uh, yeah, we'll pull all the strings. It'll yeah. be fine. <laughs> You're done. You're J.J. Abrams in this town, motherfucker. But yeah, don't. I mean, you'll, be, you'll be treated more poorly at your job. You won't know why. Exactly. <laughs> you, you'll be shunned. You'll be like, uh, I don't know. You'll be like those girls in the hands made tale. Whoa. What? <laughs> like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Controversial statement there, Brian. <laughs> yeah, sure. I just sold you into a life of sexual slavery. Get, get over it. <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying, whoa, that's bad. You don't want to fucking send you the yeah, title. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I regret saying nothing. Anyway, um, I got this article from comicbook.com. I'd like to read it here. Uh, 
This first, this uh, we're, this is all speculation about when we're going to get this title, Jake. I actually posted on Twitter that it feels like people are like media outlets are like trying to guess the date of when the trailer is going to drop. It almost seems like it feels like when televangelists are trying to guess the second coming of Christ. That's like that's that's literally oh, we're wrong this, again. Exactly. Oh, we're wrong again. If we keep making this prediction, eventually we're going to be right. I know. I honestly, I think ask one of the televangelists. They might actually give you the right answer. You know, <laughs> fuck. I doubt it. Oh, my God. You can't predict when the end of the world is going to happen. They can predict when the Avengers 4 trailer is oh coming. Jack Van Impey just gave us the fucking Avengers 4 trailer day. What the hell? <laughs> 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 insane anyway uh this article goes on to say and this is dude i i appreciate kind of like the people that have come up with this Th- this first one is actually really cool i don't think that this is how it's going to happen but i really like uh the initiative that people took on this one um it, this article from comicbook.com goes on to say if you want to know the point when we collectively start going down the rabbit hole with Avengers 4 trailer theories, this is it. A new theory that popped on Reddit is seeming to make a lot of sense to fans as it merges some clever math with an Avengers Infinity War quote that may have been hiding the Avengers 4 trailer date right in front of our faces. Uh, user Ethan Opia points back to an official Marvel Avengers 4 site, which is currently on a countdown clock to the movie's release. The theory is that when the countdown clock matches a certain number, we'll get the first Avengers 4 trailer debut. That number, one that Doctor Strange delivered in his now infamous future-predicting scene of Avengers Infinity War. Strange used the Time Stones to visit a multitude of futures in which the Avengers battled Thanos for the Infinity Gauntlet. The number of futures he claimed to have visited was... 14,605, which is speculated to be a direct connection to the countdown clock, meaning that the Avengers 4 trailer would drop around the 140-day mark of the countdown. At the time of this, at the time of this writing, the countdown clock is at 160 days, which would put the Avengers 4 trailer release on Thursday, December 13th. This sound, this really does sound like a, like an evangelist like flipping through the book of Revelation, <laughs> right? Yeah, like all yeah. the different theories as to why the world's going to end next mm-hmm. week. And, yeah, exactly. Oh. The Mark of the Beast 666, and it's like, oh my gosh, okay, alright. Hell <laughs> hellfire and brimstone, boys. Anyway, um, but uh, yeah, uh, so they're saying December 13th. Uh, that just so happens to be the date that the uh, that the first Thursday night screenings of Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse begin. The speculated release plan is that the Avengers 4 trailer would debut online that day before being attached to Into the Spider-Verse theatrical screenings that night and weekend. I don't believe that. I think it's very cool. I think it is very fucking cool, but I don't believe it. Yeah, I do buy that they'll have this thing running by the time Spider-Verse comes out, kind of, though, right? Well, yeah, that's for me. That's no shit. That's a no shit. Yeah. Like, I'm just saying, I don't think we're going to have to wait until December 13th. And I think I think that this is a very I think that is a very cool way to do it. If they were going to wait till December 13th, like for them to come out and say, like, yeah, you know, like um, the 140 day mark of the countdown, just like the hundred and what was it? The fourteen million six hundred and five. 
I think it's really cool. Um, very interactive and fun and how it ties in with the other movie. But I just don't think that that's how they're going to do it. The other rumor uh, uh, that came out came from Express, and they said Collider is holding a special screening. And this one seems more likely to me. Um, Collider is holding a special screening of Avengers Infinity War in Hollywood next Wednesday evening for 800 lucky competition winners. Uh, the Russos will be attending, and it is hard to imagine a more perfect uh, place to also show the Avengers 4 trailer with the directors on hand for sound bites to feed the subsequent internet frenzy. Uh, it is most likely that the trailer will debut on TV and then online earlier that day. If it follows usual patterns, it will be shown first on Good Morning America, accompanied by interviews with some of the cast. Uh, Jeremy Conrad at MCU Cosmic has been very vocal in dismissing other previously rumored dates, and he is publicly speculating about only one possible day. All the signs now point overwhelmingly to the 28th. The Avengers 4 Prelude comic will be released on December 5th. So the trailer must drop before that date. Industry site Everything Always reported, quote, they're not going to publish a prelude comic for a titleless comic. And since hmm. we, <laughs> makes sense. And since we, and since we know we're not getting so they're going to have the Avengers title probably on that comic. And so, yes. like, yeah. And since we know we're not getting the Avengers 4 title before the trailer comes out, it logically follows we're going to be getting the trailer before that date. The comic is exactly one week after the day they released the Infinity War trailer last year on November 29th, the last Wednesday of that month. There is also the matter of previous patterns. The previous Russo Brothers Avengers movies dropped their first trailers at exactly the same times. The Avengers Captain America Civil War movie released its trailer debut on November 24th, 2015. Infinity War followed the pattern on November 29th, 2017. November 28th, 2018 looks like the day we will all finally get our first look at what happened after the snap. Now, guys, I don't know if this is 100% true, but it looks like there's a lot here to kind of like support that. Yeah, it's a lot less mumbo jumbo, weird <laughs> astronomical yeah, charts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and a lot of stuff that just makes a lot of common sense here to support what they're saying. I agree. Like, I buy, I buy this a lot more. Neil. Yeah, the logic on that reasoning is much more sound than the weird numerology that was going on in the previous <laughs> one. <laughs> um, so uh, it definitely makes a lot of sense. So yeah. ho- hopefully it drops on Wednesday because. I want to see the goddamn thing. I do, too. God, I can't wait to talk about it next week. Oh, my God. And it's probably going to take us two hours to break it down, Jake. It's going to – to talk about it. To, for me to break it down, it's probably going to take me eight hours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, those are always some of our most fun episodes, though. So I'm, I'm mm-hmm. super excited. Uh, finally, to support this rumor, this is something I just saw today. Um, this is this also helps support the rumor that we that we could possibly get the Avengers four trailer sometime uh, this this week. Um, the voice actor uh, for Iron Man in Turkey recorded a video and uploaded it. He recorded a video with the voice actor for Spider Man, uh, and he said. Uh, um, 
that we'll be getting a new trailer next week. He didn't say it was Avengers 4, but like since he's the voice actor for Iron Man in Turkey, many people are speculating that uh, um, he's you know recorded his lines recently for the new trailer. And uh, we should, you know, that it, with him saying that we're going to be getting this new trailer next week, it looks like that's also kind of points more towards like like that the week of November 28th. So, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I, I gosh, I hope we get it on that Wednesday. <laughs> I really do, man. Wednesday. And we finally get to know a title. And oh, I can't wait. I can't wait to see this trailer. I cannot. Jake, this trailer, there's going to be so many scenes. I, it's just going to be like the last one, dude, where they show shit and it's out of order. And we're trying to piece shit together. It's going to be. Oh, my God. And it's going to be even more fun than the last one, too, because it's like a second half of a movie we've already seen, you know? So we're just going to have so much more information to try to figure this shit out, I think. They're going to blow some people's minds if they do, like, show scenes from, from uh, you know, the Battle of New York, which we know that they filmed. And, like, some, and if they do show some of those scenes, like, if they throw in a Loki scene people's minds are going to be blown. And of course, like we're going to see like Loki where he's got like the big, huge horns on that. He was rocking in that, in that first movie. So it'll be Loki from that film. But Oh my gosh, this is going to be incredible. I cannot wait for this fucking trailer. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be nuts. I, in fact, if you see it happen, Brian, it'd be cool if you could send me the link without Mm -hmm. the title spoiler too. Dude, like, like I would get on here and talk about that and then spoil the title for you. I would never, (laughs) No, no, I don't yeah. think you would spoil it. I would not send I just, you. I would not you send can, you a link with a title spoiler. No, that's yeah. not what I'm warning about. I'm just saying I, I trust you to send me the link. So if you see the trailer, oh, okay, all right. I wanted to get into a little argument about it, though, Jake. <laughs> no, yeah, but yeah, there's no argument though. You you, you misinterpreted what I was saying. I can. Tr- oh, now there is an argument. <laughs> We got something. Now watching. we got something. You misinterpreted it. You're always misinterpreting no. things. Maybe you didn't communicate it in the best way you could have, Jake. How about that? Huh? Uh, you should have known what I meant. Oh, well, <laughs> you should have known how it sounded. Hmm? Hmm? I feel like I feel like I'm talking to my ex-wife. Anyway, uh, uh, no. enough of this segment. <laughs> let's, just, <laughs> let's just go bang one out in the bedroom, babe. Anyway, let's see here. Yeah, that got weird, didn't it? <laughs> yeah. Whoa. It's <laughs> fucking a blizzard out there. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, interesting Avengers Four theory here from a user on Reddit. The user is, uh, his name is Blackfin Rear, and it's titled, uh, Fan Speculation, Avengers 4, Black Widow to Make the Sacrifice Play, question mark? I don't know. Let me read this fucking rumor, and you guys can tell me what you think. The Russos have said that plot elements from a, for Avengers 4 can be found in Civil War. Perhaps Natasha going back on her word to help Rogers causes Tony to not be able to trust her in a moment he has to. Or maybe there is a moment where Steve has to trust her to save the day, and he knows he absolutely can, which is a plot line going back to Winter Soldier. Natasha will wipe out the red in her ledger by making the sacrifice play, perhaps for the Soul Stone, sparing Steve and or Tony. This will enrage Hulk and Banner, 
to reconciliation and bring the Avengers firmly together for the first time in years, even more than the Infinity War alone. Even then, there still was no trust. Love will bring them together. Guys, first off, let me tell you this. I actually kind of love this. I don't know. I don't think this will play out, but I do love it. I think it's great because, they're, they, you know, with the Russo brothers saying that elements from Civil War will be, you know, in Avengers 4. I get that, but that can also easily just be said because of, like, what happened between Tony. Like, we've got to see Tony and, and Cap meet in this one again, right? So, like, that that's going to be, like, the elements from Civil War. But the reason I kind of love this is the fact that if she does sacrifice herself, that both – like Natasha did have a relationship with Banner like in a, in, like in a physical intimate level. But she also had a very intimate kind of relationship with the Hulk, you know, with the sun goes down bullshit. You know, like as stupid as that was, like it can still pay off here. And, and with her death – that could be the catalyst to kind of like get Hulk and Banner back together to to finally work together and be the Hulk and and to go after Thanos and and to bring the Hulk out. Um, but uh, I don't know. At the end of the day, if, if if her sacrificing herself for the Soul Stone and sparing Steve and or Tony in this movie. I don't know, man. I, I just feel like it's the end of an era. Like we've got like this this new batch of of characters that they brought in. Like we're, we're getting a new captain. It feels like, which feels like the the replacement for Captain Marvel. Um, you know, and and we've got a you know another uh, we've got another rich dude with technology. I'm talking about Black Panther. Like that's our that's our Iron Man replacement. You know, and. Um, I don't. I don't know. I I love this. I really do. And it. And if Natasha dies, we know we're getting the prequel movie. And it's kind of like what they did with Han Solo. Han, we watched Han die on screen in, in 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 the first Force Awakens, and then we get, you know, they give us the Solo movie. So I don't know, Jake. What do you think? I guess the only slight difference there, I guess, being that we had a different actor play the character. Well, sure. No, I'm not. I'm not yeah, I, it, I'm not. I'm not arguing that. I'm just saying that it. Kind of the same thing. Yeah, yeah, I I see what you're saying. I I like the theory. It's got like a you know r- romanticness to it, and you know everything kind of ties up nicely with it. I yeah, I I, I can see it. I, there's definitely going to be big sacrifice and big death. I I also see Black Widow as a really high candidate for um, a scroll too. Hmm. So no, I'm not I'm not sure. Not sure, but I like what this guy's saying. I like the theory. I really, I really like it because it does kind of like, you know, Natasha did. She did, you know, she she started off in an Iron Man movie, had a relationship with Tony, and then flipped over to flipped over to Steve's side. And so there might be a moment where Tony can't trust her, and and Steve can, and at the end she she's the one who who does this and then brings them back together, you know heals that relationship yeah i think that would be a very nice moment and, and a well-earned character moment for the character give her a meaningful thing to do in in, in the fourth avengers movie mm-hmm. and then you know i don't know and then and then the whole hulk and ba- uh hulk and bruce banner thing is really interesting to me too and i think it kind of like makes some of that stuff from age of ultron work really well i don't know i love this th- this theory i just don't 
I don't know if I buy it 100%. Like, but if it does play out this way, I, I kind of love it. Yeah, yeah, I don't have a problem with it with it going this way. It is nice. Neil, so, are, are, we, are we in too deep, or, or, or what do you got any thoughts on this? Yeah, I, I, I really like this theory, too. It would totally make sense for all for all parties involved um mm-hmm. with hulk and banner and all the relationships she's formed with everybody um i do also like what jake said about her being a good candidate for being a scroll um so i think either i think if they went either of those directions i would be on board um i'm not sure that this theory is going to play out um it seems uh, i mean it definitely seems plausible and possible but uh, it, it almost feels like it's too plausible and possible for them to go that direction. If she's a scroll, does that play a part at all in the Black Widow prequel movie? Yeah, that's that's what I'm thinking. Is maybe the, the prequel is her before she becomes a scroll? Yeah, how the abduction happened? Yeah, because it, guys, think about it. Okay. And if people are saying, I can't, you can't do that. No, you absolutely probably could. I, I haven't worked it all out, guys. So I'm, I'm thinking about it because Jake literally just presented this. But <laughs> yeah, it's I have, mind blown. A exactly. Little bit. <laughs> so it's, it's going to be hilarious when people like, you know, tweet me and they're like, that's not possible because of this. And it's like, guys, Jake just hit me with this. I haven't had that much time to think about it. <laughs> settle down. Settle down. Jesus Christ, people. Jeez, I'm getting hit. Oh, bombarded with tweets. But anyway. Um, I also liked how they showed Twitter and Wreck-It Ralph. Though. Oh, that was great. Yeah, that was, <laughs> yeah, that was hilarious. I did like that. <laughs> but back to this. Um, we know that the Skrulls are going to be making an appearance in the 90s because we're getting them in the Captain Marvel film. So, like, we know that the Black Widow ma- movie is going to be taking place somewhere in the 90s. We're going to get a very young Black Widow in that film. So, yeah. Um, isn't she 16 when we meet her in the Black yeah. Widow film? Is it a sixteen? I, I, I can't confirm that. I'm sorry. Ugh, I'm looking. Are they going to do de aging on her then? Oh yes, one hundred percent. Yeah, one. They've gotten really good at it, so they it's have. not really a problem anymore. Yeah, she'll be looking. It's, like, it's going to be Ghost World, ScarJo. I was <laughs> thinking, uh, what was that movie? Uh, is it Lost in Translation? Oh yeah, Bill Murray. Bill Murray. I love that movie so much. Such a good movie. Oh, I love that movie. Any confirmation on the age? No, no, I'm sorry. It's a hard thing to Google. It just comes, you know what I'm saying? Uh, you get a bunch of Marvel databases. I'm going to pause which it. Which is gonna, not what I'm looking for. I'm going to pause this here real quick. I'm going to try to look for it too. All right, yeah, we didn't find an exact age on her, but I think we've kind of collectively think that she's either going to be. What did you find out, Neil? Oh, it takes place 15 years after the collapse of the Soviet Union, which was in 1991. So that would make it set in 2006. Yeah, so it'll be set in 2006. I think I remember reading somewhere that she was 32 years old at the time of the Infinity War, which would make her 18 or 19 in this film. So Okay, that math sounds right to me. We'll see. I'm probably wrong, and somebody's gonna. She's actually. <laughs> fuck you! I... <laughs> Just leave me the fuck alone. <laughs> uh, 
Fucking weirdos. We're doing our best here, people. <laughs> that shit's hard. That was a hard Google. That was giving me anxiety. Yeah, dude. I even went to the fucking uh, Marvel Wiki, dude, for the MCU, and like looked there, and they didn't have it. So um, here's an yeah. So I like that theory. We'll see what happens when Avengers Four comes out. Here's an Avengers Four movie rumor from Daniel RPK from Super Bro Movies, and it's how Marvel plans to introduce the Eternals, and it looks like they will uh, make their first appearance in an upcoming film. Uh, Jake, I found uh, Daniel RPK from Super Bro Movies follows us on Twitter. I don't know why. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, we followed him back. I didn't know. I mean, this must have been like months ago that he followed. Yeah, but he follows us. Uh, He said on Twitter, um, he's been getting a lot of scoops this last couple weeks. So it's interesting. Uh, he said on Twitter, they started looking to cast the roles of two Eternals right now. And there's a separate breakdown out just for the two of them. What this could mean is they may have a cameo or most likely they show up in a post credit scene somewhere for an upcoming MCU film. The two Eternals are Karen and Piper Sprite. Uh, they will most Karen Piper slash Sprite. Uh, they will most likely show up in a cosmic Marvel movie. So either Captain Marvel or Avengers 4. Avengers 4 is more likely, is what Daniel RPK says. Are you familiar with Karen and and Piper slash Sprite? I am not. I am not either. I No idea. No clue. No clue. So, yeah, but it's kind of neat, though, that it kind of does make sense. I mean, Marvel's done this a lot. You know, they've done this a lot where they've... And it, it might not even be a ton, you know, like, like what did we get for the Car- Captain Marvel tease in, um, you know, Avengers 4? We got a pager. So, I mean, they, they might not even do a lot with this, but um, we'll, we'll see. I mean, I, 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 uh, I don't know. I'm not familiar with these characters. I keep hearing Eternals is going to be a love story. Remember that, Jake? Was that a report that we heard it's going to be a love story? Yeah, and and I buy that. It's you you kind of have to ground that story down to something you can relate to, right? Or it would just be complete gobbledygook. Mm-hmm. Yeah, isn't it set like thirty thousand years in the past or something? Oh God, uh, let's go back to the MCU. We just Googled. Yeah. <laughs> God damn you, Neil. <laughs> Dude, I am, I am all Googled out, bro. <laughs> yeah. How old was Black Widow when the Eternals were around? <laughs> Negative 29. Oh, geez. Oh, man. Yeah, but I don't know, man. Eternals, who's, who's directing that one? Who is that? Is it Kate Shortland? That sounds right. Yeah. This sounds good, don't it? I remember it was a female. Yeah, I think it's Kate Shortland. I think it's Kate Shortland. All right, guys. Yeah, looking forward to the Eternals movie. Uh, and uh, it would be cool to see kind of like uh, give us an Eternals tease in one of these movies. And it does make sense that it would either show up in Cap. They would either show up in Captain Marvel or in uh, Avengers 4. So be pretty interesting. Uh, more Venom news here from Screen Rant. Uh, thanks to continuous traffic in China, Venom has now earned at least $783.86 million at the worldwide box office. I've actually read that it's gone over eight hundred dollars now. Um, that's not counting for money's domestic box office gross, which means it has now earned more money globally than any X-Men franchise movie ever released, including Tim Miller's Deadpool. 
which earned $783.1 million in 2016. Considering that this is a spin-off movie that many people thought would fail, it's surely surprising to see it perform not only well enough to justify its existence, but also... <laughs> <laughs> So cruel. (laughs) I don't even think I'm well enough to justify my existence. It's just fucking been a movie. I'm sorry. That was. Oh my god. Wow. Wow. Burn, man. Oh my god. Serious shade. Serious shade. But, but uh, obviously, this is one of those people that did not think it would make money. I <laughs> wrote this article. It's, it's surely surprising to see it perform not only well enough to justify its existence. Oh, man. Wow. But also surpass one of the longest running superhero franchises out there. So, yeah. Um, Jake, <clears throat> I plan on seeing Venom again in the theater on Tuesday. So, yeah. Oh, there you go. I'm good to go on it until it's um, on home <sighs> release, I think. Uh, I, I, I had so much fun with this fucking movie. And it's still in theaters, I think, for a little bit. So I've seen it twice already, and I kind of want to go see it again. So I, I think I, I, I actually I, I got one more movie I can watch on my AMC A-list. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw this one up and watch it. So. There you go. Cram one more in before the old Venom is gone. Yeah. Uh, we got our once about- That's crazy. It beat out Deadpool and all the X-Men films. Yeah, never would have guessed that in a, in a million years. I was I was in the theater. What was I watching? What was I watching? What was it? I was, was it Creed? Yeah, it was Creed. And before the Creed trailer, they showed like literally like 27 trailers before that movie. <laughs> but the, one of the trailers that they showed was uh, Dark Phoenix and at the oh. end of the trailer there was this guy sitting in front of me and he just he just he just started laughing <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious I love when you get reactions like that <laughs> it was just this one guy that he was like he and it was very judgy like a judgy laugh like <laughs> <laughs> it was one of those and I was like oh god <laughs> He's gonna love it. It's. I think it's gonna turn or turn him around in the whole franchise. I think he wrote this Venom article. <laughs> That's hilarious. Anyway, once upon a Deadpool trailer hit this week, gentlemen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it did. It did. It was short but good. I thought it was fantastic. Fred Savage just fucking nailed it. I think, like, him and Deadpool bouncing off one another, that's the reason that I cannot wait to see this. I cannot wait to see this. Uh, didn't they film eight new scenes? Eight new scenes in this one? So Yeah, yeah, yeah. eight new scenes. Yeah, oh, I Tupperware the thing, too. I, I will Tupperware anything that makes Nickelback fans feel shame. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was a fucking hilarious joke. Uh, did, did you guys, what did you think of this, Neil? What did you think, man? I fucking loved it. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm a huge, huge Deadpool fan. Oh, yeah. And it, yeah. I am so excited for this. Um, I think it, that they're what they're going to do is prove that Deadpool can work in a PG-13 environment, but that it's not as good as the R rating. 
or it, it, it needs an R rating for his solo stuff, but he can work in a, in a universe that's PG-13. Yeah. Well, I, I think what this should prove is to Disney is like, hey, can we continue to do it in an R rating and then kind of like make maybe make this a tradition where we have, you know, a, a PG-13 version come out for you guys, too. That'd be awesome. Make t- twice yeah. the money. Yeah. If, if they want to do this double dip thing, but also give some of the money to charity, I think it's fantastic. Oh, yeah. You know, so like maybe in the next one, instead of doing like, uh, you know, like this princess bride thing, they could do like, uh, like, I don't know. They can fucking get the, <laughs> get the kid from a never ending story or some shit. I don't know. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> or, or, yeah. He, just do different like Christmas tropes potentially too. Right. They could do like the old like, ghost of christmas past shit too you know or oh, just yeah. whatever it's just yeah. all kind of the bookends like, for this kind of thing we go forever i would love to see like wonderful life kidnap the kids from a str- like like from stranger things oh shit right <laughs> you know kidnap those kids and and uh you know right <laughs> oh, yeah can you kidnap kurt cameron oh gosh oh my just god just shoot him on screen <laughs> Yeah, I'd be in for that. I guess yeah. that would be an R-rated version, though. Not a <laughs> He's a terrible human being, anyway. Um, I laughed really hard at the up joke, too. That was oh, good. Yeah. That was good. Don't get too attached to her or something. <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys see where Fox is pushing for Deadpool 2 to get a Best Picture nomination at the Oscars? Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> I think that's it does... Almost- if anything, it just gives it more buzz. You know what I mean? Just it just gives oh, it yeah. more buzz. I think it's great. The marketing for these movies has been fucking brilliant from the very beginning. Yeah. Um, basically, they t- I think they took the marketing away from Fox and just did it themselves. And they've proven that they know exactly how to sell this character to right. the masses. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I agree. Especially like Fox gave them the low budget for the first movie. Mm-hmm. So much so that they they had like the original script. They had like this huge like shootout at the end of the movie. And yeah. uh, it was like a shootout <laughs> in like a, a warehouse or something like that. And that's why at the end of the movie like Deadpool leaves all the guns in the back of Defender's car because like they didn't have the budget for that fucking scene. So like, I think, yeah, I think Rhett Reese and Paul Wernick did a great job with that. So, um, as far as like this princess bride thing, are are they going to play that up in the movie at all? Do you think that we're going to actually going to have like Deadpool in the princess bride world? That would be amazing if he like put on a costume or something. Just for a scene, I'm not saying like yeah, no, I, I, yeah, just for like a, an imaginary scene where like it's like b- breaking the fourth wall again. Not only are we breaking the fourth wall, but we're also breaking the fourth wall as far as his imagination is concerned. It's yeah, I walls. Think, yeah, I think that'll happen. We got to get an inconceivable joke too in here, right? <laughs> yeah, we got to bring in Wallace Sean for a just a quick little shot. Speaking, speaking of speaking of actors that starred in Princess Bride, Jake, I found out this week that I read this. Uh, Andre the Giant, who was in that movie, he he grew so fast that his parents didn't recognize him. He le- when he left home at fourteen, and he returned to them when he was nineteen. He'd already been a professional wrestler, and as he was talking to them at nineteen about like his wrestling, they suddenly realized that they'd seen him on TV wrestling as his alias and they didn't even know it was him. Oh, wow. 
Wow, that's that's hard to believe, right? Because I've seen pictures of Andre Younger. Like, jeez, they had. I don't know. Is that? Yeah, it's true. It's it's. Um, it, oh, I believe you. It's yeah. just yeah. Uh, they hadn't seen him for five years. From fourteen, plus the TVs are grainy as fuck. They then. were grainy as. Yeah, fuck that's a good. Then. That's a good point yeah. too. It's not like it's not like today where it's like HD photographs everywhere. Yeah. So yeah, I that, that makes a big difference. Anyway, uh, Hugh Jackman talked with uh, People Magazine this week, and they were talking about how Ryan Reynolds is trying to get him to come back to the role of Wolverine one more time to team up with Deadpool. Hugh Jackman said, Ryan is relentless. He keeps coming back to me in all these ways, shapes and forms. I just said, you know, I just don't think the world really wants to see Deadpool with Wolverine. Maybe a cameo from Deadpool. I just think it runs. uh, I just think it runs over it for Deadpool. So Reynolds then on Twitter retweeted, the story and then responded with, I see at real Hugh Jackman is lo- no longer allergic to selfish. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Uh, it's so good. It is so good. So yeah, I mean, I'm split on this dude. It's I'm so fucking split on this. Cause like, I, I think in like in my dreams, I want to see this Deadpool Wolverine movie, this team up. I really want to see it so fucking badly. But on the flip side, like Logan ended so perfectly. But then you could make the argument of Brian. Of course, if they did a Deadpool Wolverine team up movie, it would be a prequel, which, yeah, they could they'd have to de-age, you know, a little bit. Hugh Jackman, make him look a little bit younger, in my opinion. Um, yeah, there's something to be said about Logan still being the, the last appearance. That's though. what I'm saying, dude. That's why I'm split, because like in my dreams, yeah. I want to see this movie. I, I'm not going to lie. I, I, I do want to see a Deadpool with Wolverine movie. I think I think their chemistry and just the way they've been bouncing off each other back and forth online. If it were to happen and that news came out, I can't see myself being kind of like angry and saying, oh, they're going to taint what happened. I, I, I have full trust that it would be an incredible, fantastic film. But I, I do feel like he went out on top. And I feel like that's the way you're going to go out. That, that's the way I want to see Michael Jordan go out is like, you know, fucking, you know, hitting that. With the bowls. With the, yeah, with the bowls. Exactly. Not the wizards. That's, that's, that, and that's what, that, that's what this might be. This might yeah. be, I mean, as good as I think it would be, it would just be like, it'd be like Hugh Jackman on the wizards, right? <laughs> So, you know, they could probably use them now yeah, anyway. I mean, oh God, yeah, agree. agree. <laughs> but uh, so I don't know. There's a part of me that like I would have wanted to see this, but I would have wanted to see this movie made. And I said this before. I would have wanted to see this movie made before Logan. he did Logan. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So. Yeah, I, I I agree with that. That's man, you really think the Deadpool Logan thing, you you, you want to see it no matter what, huh? No, 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 no. That's not what I'm saying. No, I'm saying, like, I, it, like, I want to see this movie. Yes, I would love to see this movie, but I like the way that it ended. If, if in a perfect world, if, if I could have had this movie come out before the Logan film, that's the way I would have wanted this. I, I don't want this to taint what we got. As far as what we got in Logan, like I, I just gave you the fucking sports analogy, Jake. Did you not get it? <laughs> I, I don't. I'm not a sports guy. I'm that's, sorry. That's the joke. I, but see, that, that's the thing. It's <laughs> I, I. 
I think Logan was the perfect way to go out. That's to go out on top. That's the way Jordan should have went out, you know, hitting that shot against Byron Russell back in 98, winning the championship, and that's it. Not building up a shitty Wizards franchise that didn't get to the fucking playoffs. So <laughs> it's and I'm not saying like this movie wouldn't make a shit fuck ton of money. I think it would. But I think like the more fitting end for that character is what we saw, you know, like fucking X-23 taking the the cross and flipping it over to an x on the grave like that's the way to end it man like but for somebody for for anybody to come at me and say like wouldn't you want to see a deadpool wolverine movie yeah fuck yeah hell yeah (laughs) with with ryan reynolds and hugh jackman yeah i want to see that if it did get announced jake i wouldn't i wouldn't like shake my fist in anger though i wouldn't i'm not asking for it right now but if they gave it to me i wouldn't be angry Okay, that's that's all. Yeah, I think I think I'm in that camp, too. I don't want it, but I wouldn't like nerd rage if they announced it. Exactly. That's where I'm at. That's where I'm at. I'm not saying like you have to make this movie. But if they if they said we're going to make it, I'm not going to I'm not. Yeah, there's not going to be any fucking nerd rage from me. So anyway, MTV interviewed Hugh Jackman for his new new movie, The Front Runner. And they asked him a superhero related question. They asked him if he'd ever do another superhero film. But not him playing Wolverine again, just another character. And he says, oh, yeah, I'd be open to that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, for me, I never saw it as a superhero. Um, Even when I got Logan, I didn't know much about the X-Men series or comic book series. I was like, these are great characters. All of these people are flawed characters. Sure, they have extraordinary abilities, right? But they are all really flawed, and that's what the movie's about. That's why people relate to it. So he, he's, he's not saying, like, he's shutting the door on superhero films, um, but he's done with Wolverine. According to him, he's done playing Wolverine. You know, I mean, the guy played it for 17 years. He played Wolverine for 17 years over a bunch of movies. But I asked you guys earlier in the week, um, who would you like to see Hugh Jackman play in the MCU? And then I also asked you, who would you like to see him play in the DCEU? So I want to get your answers now. So um, the MCU is not related to the uh, to the Fox singer verse. So he could he could literally play anybody in the MCU at this point that's not been cast. So like um, Neil, who did you choose? Sorry, I was on mute. Um, <laughs> I was like, I, "Fuck!" Did I lose everybody? <laughs> <laughs> no, it was that was my bad. Um, I know one of his issues playing Wolverine was the workout reg- reg- regimen that he had to go through you wanted every to play, time he you shot wanted, it. You wanted to play the blob? <laughs> 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 no, so I just eliminated all like the really super buff characters yeah. and that were physically oriented, like Namor or uh, Taskmaster or Craven or somebody like that. Um, I, I, I think I would like to see him explore some of his other side of his of his abilities because he's a very versatile and fantastic actor. Um, I, I th- I, so I w- in the MCU, I think I'd like to see him play like Mr. Fantastic. I think it'd be really interesting casting for him. Um, maybe even like the lizard if you want to go villain. Mm. Um, or maybe <laughs> one thing I thought of would be kind of funny is if he played the MCU's version of William Stryker. Oh, um. <laughs> oh shit! I kind of love that. <laughs> yeah, that's that's pretty hilarious. I kind of love that. Yeah. And then for the DCEU, uh, I came up with like the Riddler. I think he would be really good at. Um, maybe even like a Jay Garrick if they did a 
crazy flash movie. Oh, wow. I love that. Yeah. So, yeah, Yeah. I think I'd like to see him play with a little more of his versatility and do some of these more thinky characters than like a physical brawler again. Right. Right. Jake. Yeah, I I was kind of thinking the same way, like trying to go against type because he is such a versatile actor. Um, And I I found myself mostly thinking of villains instead of heroes for some reason with where I would cast them at. Um, I did briefly think about the Craven idea in the MCU. I don't think he'd be a terrible fit for that. I think that's kind of an interesting scenario going from Wolverine to, to Craven, the more villainous version of that character. But, um, the idea I came up with at the end of the day was I I want him to be the ringmaster in the MCU. Um, after seeing the greatest showman, I couldn't help but think of this, uh, this goopy character who could easily be, uh, modernized and made cool in a movie. He's got his entire circus of crime and all his like, hypnotic powers and everything so i thought it'd be a very funny theatrical role for hugh jackman if he wanted to do something that was uh not too serious in the mcu (laughs) um but then i kind of went a different route for the um the dc side of things and i honestly think he would be a pretty fucking great razagul god damn it you picked can i just say you picked both of mine mine was craven and then my second was razagul (laughs) there's no point in me i I mean there's no point in me going through and giving mine because like we were on literally on the same page dude i'm like literally looking at it in my notes right now those are my oh man my first and only choice my first and only choice was craven for the mcu and my first choice for the dceu is reza ghoul Go ahead. I'm sorry, dude. I just had to say. I was going to say if I could if I could pick any of those things, it would be the the reza ghoul. Yeah, like that. That is definitely I, – I, when I thought of that, I was like, oh, my gosh, this would be amazing. Yeah. And just a whole new side of him doing that kind of mental villain warfare, you know, against Batman. I, w- I would love that. Fuck yeah, dude. That, he was my, my second choice for the DCEU was uh, Two-Face. And oh, then, that's interesting too. And then Lobo is my third choice and least favorite. <laughs> that's kind of a joke answer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I Ghoul was my number one, dude. That's awesome that we picked the exact same things, except for Ringmaster. But I, I, I chose Craven for the MCU. I think that he'd be fantastic in that. Yeah, I think the Craven thing would be pretty fun. I think there'd be a lot of like interesting meta stuff. Him being both characters with that character, right? Right. You know, yeah. sniff, sniffing out the spider. Yeah, yeah. Do you guys see where Rob Liefeld wrote an open letter to Hugh Jackman and Ryan Reynolds, wanting the Deadpool Wolverine team up film? Oh Jesus! He just wants to line his pockets. <laughs> exactly. 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 Oh man, he's made so much fucking money off this recently. It's insane. You know it. It's just. Oh my god! Uh, if anyone's head didn't need to be bigger, it was. Have life feels no shit. Uh, T.J. Miller also confirmed online that he's not part of uh, Deadpool three. Um, that news actually came online this week through a Twitter exchange between him and um, uh, Daniel RPK from Super Bro Movies. Like, he asked him, like, are you coming back for Deadpool 3? And he's like, nope, I'm not coming back. He's like, okay, bye. And that's what he, that was his response to that. So, yeah. Okay, then. I think he is taking a break from most acting. I think I think acting has taken a break from him. <laughs> <laughs> Hollywood has taken a break from T.J. Miller. 
So. Wise decision, Hollywood. Wise decision, Hollywood, yeah. Uh, hashtag shows reporting uh, that we could get a Rocket and Groot series on Disney+. Plus. Did you guys see this news? No. no, I didn't. Yeah, for those – this it's hashtag show. They've been right recently a lot. And so I wanted to give them a little bit more credit because, like, in the past I've seen some of the rumors and, like, not not – they haven't all come to fruition – Past few weeks, I've seen these guys have some really good scoops. So we'll see here. This this article goes on to say, for those of you who who will be reporting on this info, we would like to be very clear up front. This is a rumor that we were neither able to confirm uh, with a Disney rep nor with other sources. That puts this in a different category than much of our other recent work, such as reporting on Marvel Studios' 2020 film slate. The production information on Black Widow and the Eternals and the character breakdowns for those films. Those were not rumored. Those were confirmed by multiple sources. This one, however, is simply a fun rumor that we wanted to share. It's been told to us that among the series being pitched to Feige is one that might mean we won't have to wait until 2022 to see more Guardians of the Galaxy action. We've been told that a Rocket and Groot series may be in the works. Um, so I would have to imagine that like, I, what I would want to see is like the old Groot and, you know, like the old Groot, like a prequel, like this is a prequel series mm. and this is like old Groot that we knew from guardians of the galaxy volume one and rocket and them two palin around together before they met Quill and Gamora and Drax, like, like their adventures and shit. That's kind of like what I would like to see here. Yeah, I agree with that. It, it's like we didn't get to see enough of old Groot, right? Like whatever whatever way we have to see the yeah. original Groot, I, I'm kind of co-signing that. Yeah, I want old Groot. I want to see, you know, I don't know. Are they going to go the Han Solo route? Are we going to get to see the first meeting of Groot and Rocket? I, I think that's what they would do. I, I really do. Um, I want that too. Yeah, um, sure. I want that throughout the series. I don't want that to be scene number one. You know, maybe flashback yeah. to it. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Definitely. I, you, you start with the action and then you show stuff like that in the middle. Yeah. Is Bradley Cooper going to do this? Is Vin Diesel going to do this series? Uh, I feel like they they might. Probably a pretty easy paycheck for him. Just yeah, voice acting. Show up and do the voice, right? And like Vin Diesel's just got to say, I am Groot, like, you know, 79 <laughs> times, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's not as hard a work as probably Tom Hiddleston will have to do for his, you know, Disney streaming stuff. So I, I see him being able to throw enough money at these two guys. Yeah. Yeah. I hope it, I, I don't know, man. I hope it's true. Fuck it. I do. I hope it's true. I know oh, that hurts me to say, Jake, with James Gunn not even involved in that show. You know, I. I I hear what you're saying, but I, I expected there to be spinoffs from Guardians that weren't like games, James Gunn vehicles, you know? Yeah, it's just, you know, I don't know. It's just, I wouldn't think that he would have to be there all the time. But like the fact that like if this show was true, you'd you'd want to see like an executive producer credit. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. I mean, maybe at least uh, the head showrunner, like, having yeah. dinner with them or something. Or James just sits down and, like, writes a treatment for this real quick and, like, is, you know, I don't know. Here's my vision for the show and, like, somebody else fleshes it out or something. I don't or know. He, or, or here's just all the notes I have on everything sure. that happened before Guardians won with these two characters. Yeah, yeah. Or he does the uh, Groot script solely. 
because like he did for the first two where he wrote out the script for Groot with the, the actual lines and everything. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know. It's and it's like you know, and I know like James Gunn and Vin Diesel were pretty close too. Like there's a lot of Facebook lives that they used to do together and stuff like that. And you know, Vin, Vin Diesel showing up and recording lines for this, and like James not involved. It's I don't know. <laughs> Maybe uh, Vin Diesel, once he gets the script, will slide it over to James Gunn to have him motivate him for him. James, <laughs> like is, on the sly. James will just slide it right back and say, "Get that fucking shit away from me." Yeah, I'm busy writing DC movies, yeah. motherfucker. Exactly. Oh, you want, you want me to wipe my ass with this? Like, what what are you doing? <laughs> right. I don't know. Uh, that's all I got for Marvel news this week. Unless you guys had anything else that you'd saw, because like this week was it was light, gentlemen. Yeah. Nah, I got nothing. Yeah. All right, guys. Uh, let's go into uh, DC news. Last night, Batman destroyed my vagina, and now the leftovers are going to destroy DC news. It's time for DC news, you fucking pieces of shit. First, before I jump into the DC news, uh, fucking uh, Titans still watching it on DC Universe, guys. This is a Tupperware. Like this is, I honestly, it's. I want to say I, I got to watch the full season. Where they just uh, what did we have? Uh, episode seven just came out, but my god, this is so good! Like by the end of this, if they keep going at this pace, I'm going to say that this is this is better than Daredevil season three. It, I, I am not fucking kidding you. Are you watching this, Neil? No, I don't have the service. Uh, <laughs> it's funny. Last time I was on, we were, we talked about the trailer because the trailer just came out okay. for Titans. Yeah. And so I, I just haven't gotten around to getting the service, but I'm, I've definitely seen good things about it. I'm, I'm intrigued. Yeah, maybe maybe pick up the service for a month after it, yeah. like it's completed. Exactly. That's yeah. kind of what I was waiting for. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Um, anyway, Aquaman final trailer came, came out, and uh, I loved this final Aquaman trailer. I thought it looked pretty fucking incredible. Can't wait to see the movie. And I'm not. we're not going to break down the trailer like I do with most trailers. I really don't break down a lot of trailers the closer that we actually get to the release of said movie because, like, literally in less than a month, we're actually going to be talking about the film. So I just wanted to let people know that I really enjoyed this trailer uh, quite a bit. Uh, got a good look at some of the underwater creatures. Um, got uh, a, another good look at, like, Black Manta. Uh, I think we got a look at the Karathan, uh character that I'm going to be talking about here in a moment. And um, so, uh, more cool moments with uh, Volko and, and, and Aquaman. And I don't know. I'm just super ready for this fucking movie. I think it looks fantastic. Yeah, I have not seen this new trailer yet. I didn't even know there was a, a third trailer. I'm terrible. <laughs> I've seen it in the theater twice now already, this new trailer. Um, yeah, it's really, really good. It's really, uh, did you see it, Neil? Yeah, I've seen it in the theater a couple of times yeah. uh, before movies. I mean, it, for me, it was like a lot of what happened in the first two, just with some new stuff added into it. Um, it's, it hasn't changed my excitement level. Uh, I'm still really interested in seeing it. But yeah, it's, it's a good trailer. There's nothing wrong with it. <laughs> 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 yeah, you're not sold at all. 
No. <laughs> DC's you're burned me too many times. You tried it. Yeah, I know. I know. You don't want to get suckered in. I don't nope. care. I don't give a fuck. If, if this, <laughs> I don't give a shit. If, if I watch Aquaman and it is 100% garbage, I will still not go back and say I didn't enjoy those trailers. I will still tell you that, yeah, when I watched those trailers, I thought they were a lot of fun. You people, you got your guard up. You got you're well, gonna, you're no you're like you're like you're like you're like that uh, you're like that uh, person that got out of a shitty relationship. You got your guard up now, like you know what I mean. You got out of this bad yeah, relationship. Yeah, you got to protect yourself. I know. Yeah. I don't know if you were verbally abused. I don't know if you were physically abused. And now the next person's got to put up with all your shit, you know. And so like. <laughs> Lots of baggage now. Lots of baggage. Lots of baggage, exactly. <laughs> and so, like, you know. Suicide, they, Suicide Squad ruined me for a while. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like you're, you're a, like, you're like a battered housewife at this point, Neil. <laughs> and you can't just, you a can't. Bit. Yeah. No, I, seriously, I, you know, I, Aquaman for me, I'm still, I'm, you know, I, Aquaman is out there and it's, it's peacocking. It's strutting its stuff. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, hey, look at me, baby. Look at me. Look at what I can do. And it's peacocking, man. And it's it's showing off. And I'm just like, holy shit, I like what you have. I like what you've got. Now, I don't know. Like once 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 Aquaman takes me home, gets me into the bed. And I don't know if Aquaman is like a one pump chump and it's over. Then, <laughs> then it's kind of like, you know, I don't know. It didn't work out so well. You know, fuck you, Aquaman, you son of a bitch. Oh my God! You look so good, peacocking over there doing what you did. You look so sexy, and then and then and then just terrible performance in the bedroom. Terrible performance. I'm so let Can't down. Get up or anything? Yeah, that's how I look at it. Dick. But like right now, Aquaman's it's doing some things to me. It, it shouldn't be doing. You know, what I mean? I'm I'm I'm, uh, I'm feel I'm very titillated, titillated by Aquaman. <laughs> <laughs> but then when you find out it's a one one pump chump, aren't you going to think differently of the next one that comes along? It depends on that trailer. I, I, it depends on that trailer um, for the next movie. Like I, because Shazam's the next movie coming out, and I still have a lot of hope for that movie. So I, no, right, trailers look good for that too. This, that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, like I have to see the new trailers for these things. I mean, like if if Aquaman's terrible, and like you know, I watch it, and I think it's terrible. And then Aquaman 2 is still James Wan, and it still looks like a, the same that we're getting here. I'm, I'm not going to be looking forward to it. I'll be like, hey, you f- fool me once! You know, I'll, I'll, do that. <laughs> I'll do that whole thing. But as far as like the, just the next DC movie in general with a completely different director, I'm, I'm going to look at it from what I see in that trailer. And like the next movie would be Shazam, and I, I think Shazam looks like a lot of fun. So. Yeah, yeah, true enough. I see what you're saying there. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Jake, last week you were talking about how you felt like Aquaman is coming out at a weird time. Yeah, just, you know, so near Christmas, so many other movies like it around, same day as Bumblebee. It just seemed like a bad bad release date. They could make more money if they moved it away from all that. I don't know. I think it's, a, I think it's fine. It's tracking like, what is it? Tracking like uh, Fandango announced that it's within 24 hours of tickets officially becoming available. Aquaman has already managed to eclipse pre-sales for both Sony's Venom and Paramount's a critically acclaimed Mission Impossible. So, 
And it's I feel coming, like the it's, early release thing might be an indicator that they're scared too. It's like, why would you um, subtract from your opening night numbers by doing this pre-release thing I on Amazon Prime? I don't agree with that at all. I think if you're going to – dude, with all these fucking – with Justice League, they had an embargo on that motherfucker as soon as – they had an embargo on that son of a bitch up until the fucking release date. They wouldn't let yeah. Rotten Tomatoes release anything about that. I think it feel. I think with this, with them releasing this early, I don't know if there's going to be embargo on the ratings, but people are going to be talking about it online when this gets released December fifteenth for that Amazon thing, which I'm going to talk about here in a moment, people. But they're releasing this, I think, five days or, or, or five or six days, a week early. Okay, yeah, a week early, yeah. December fifteenth. They're going to release it for Amazon viewers. Uh, for Amazon Prime members, you can go to a special Amazon Prime screening and watch it one week early. It's just like uh, five days early. It's a, on a Saturday, excuse me. So I think that shows confidence in the film, Jake, not 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 that they're worried about it because. Yeah, I, I can see what you're saying. I, I guess I phrased incorrectly. Like, I just I'm surprised they would do that. Like, maybe the word of mouth is going to bolster bigger numbers opening night than the not word of mouth i guess but otherwise it seems like you're taking your hardcore fans out of the equation and letting them see it before the night when you really need their butts in the seats i think it seems like a weird business move unless the word of mouth really does do the job well i honestly i think it i i think they have confidence in that i i I do i think they have confidence in this and i think that the it's not like this the Justice League thing where they like totally embargoed the ratings up until like the the moment the day that it fucking came out. This just seems like I th- I think with all no, it's not a sign done, of they've a, done, it's not that's not well, what I'm saying. It's but like won't they wouldn't they make maximum money if they let everyone see it on the same day? Like aren't they shooting themselves in the foot a little bit with this? That's kind of where I'm coming from. Oh, I don't think I don't think so. I think I think if word of mouth comes out and it's positive, people will start pre-ordering those tickets for the for the next showing. And I th- it, you're coming into Christmas weekend with with, uh, you know, if people can- December 21st on the release and if people can't, you know, people will be on Christmas vacation. And then with Christmas Day, they'll be like, oh, let's go see that Aquaman movie. It's been getting a lot of buzz or whatever, if it is getting positive buzz. And, I mean, you got to remember, like, some of the most successful movies have come out in December. The Force Awakens, Avatar, like, those were big, you know. And, and right now, it's the only comic book movie coming out in the month of December. So, I mean, if, if people are wanting to get that comic book movie fixed, that's the movie that they're going to go see. They're not going to go see Bumblebee. They're not going to go see... Well, they can't see A Little Battle Angel now. It's gone. It's been pushed back, but... Um, you know, they're, I think people are going to, if they want to see that comic book movie, they're going to go see Aquaman. So, yeah, I agree. It, it's definitely not going to be a complete flop, but it'll just be interesting to see the level of success it has in that field. I'm very fascinated by what's going to happen financially with Aquaman. Well, I'm, it, Bumblebee's doing the exact same thing here. I mean, it's, it's, no, I think that's crazy too, though. I, like I'm not, I, I'm not praising Bumblebee for that decision either. Oh, I think it's, I think it, for me it's great because I'm going to go see it two weeks early, and I'm also, I've also. Got, <laughs> well, I've, that's not what I mean at all. No, no, no. <laughs> I, I'm just saying it's great for me from a box office standpoint. If the movie's good, the movie's good, though, Jake. And I think, I think that this shows that both studios have confidence in the film. That's my, yeah. that's my, that's what I'm getting out of this. Is like both studios have confidence in the film, and that. 
and that it'll generate excitement, I don't think that the box office will drop off at that point. I think with especially with uh, with Aquaman going the next week, going right into like, you know, Christmas, if people are wanting to see a Christmas movie. You know, they'll uh, a, not a not a Christmas movie, but a movie at, during Christmas. You know, I, Aquaman might be that movie that the family goes and sees. Yeah, that's true. That's true. It's just there's a lot of competition that day, and it, it'll just just be interesting. Honestly, I don't. Know, most people probably don't even know about the Amazon deal. To be quite honest with you. Oh, I agree. I agree. Yeah. Do you think I, they're gonna? Seems- do you oh, think ahead, they're yeah. going to roll the uh, the numbers into that opening weekend that they get from the Saturday show? Oh yeah, that's a that's a that's an interesting question. Like, are they going to? I don't. They count, shouldn't are they be able count to count those numbers they for that be, first they, weekend. Yeah. The biggest pre-release numbers ever. Maybe that's <laughs> what this is all about. They yeah. shouldn't be able to do that. I think it's experimental in a way. They're going to see how this works out. I also think that maybe Warner Brothers got a kickback from Amazon because you know Amazon probably got a new. F- a few new subscriptions out of this. People are doing like the 30 day trial just so they can get this Aquaman ticket. Yeah. I'm not a big fan of it, honestly, especially for the spoiler aspect of everything either. Now there's this big old, you know, clot of people that are, have seen this movie, you know, five days before I have. Oh fuck. We've been dealing with that for the past four or five years now with the UK getting these Marvel movies a week before we do. Yeah, no, that's, nothing's that's, changed that's there. I mean, that's a, we've been dealing with that shit for years. I mean, think about the people that are, you know, like uh, Japan had to wait like three months in order to get Ant Man and the Wasp. It felt like. I mean, you got to. That's feel- true, but the, but it wasn't like there were people in their country that got to see it before the everyone else did. We're all connected. Like it's, it's, we're all the same. Yeah, I we're hear all you. Connected. On I don't know. Internet. I just don't like it. I'm not a big fan of this practice. I think it sucks. <laughs> just to sell some more Amazon Prime subscriptions. I, I I really don't. I'm I'm getting to see the movies early. I, I, we're also going to find out. You know, other people are going to find out if it's good or not. I don't know. I think it's. Yeah, I'm excited. I liked it when we went and found out if a movie was good on the movie's opening day. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> back, back in my day, we watched the movies on opening night, <laughs> and we liked it. I we didn't have no Amazon Prime. Like, if this practice is a success, yeah. then it's just going to be more annoying shit. It's going to be like, what am I going to have to do next? Like, send in three Pop-Tarts UPCs to go see fucking Captain Marvel a week early or some ah, bullshit. Like, my, I just – just uh, where this can go from here, I'm yeah, not a big fan of. And Jake's worried I, I that – in a couple months, he's going to have to answer three riddles from a bridge troll. In order to, <laughs> yeah. I want to see whatever the fuck. I just want to see Shazam, you son of a bitch. <laughs> I don't I don't have I don't want to answer Gollum's three riddles in order to. <laughs> yeah, I am. And my guess is just Amazon Prime probably paid the most for this whole like, whole thing. Right. They're the ones making the most out of this deal. Evil Amazon so, Prime. Jeez. Yeah, yeah, evil Amazon Prime. Yeah, I'm wanting to make money, sons of bitches. You fuckers. <laughs> well, not, not five days. For five for five days, Jake is going to go through hell, not avoiding Aquaman spoilers. It's just going to be, Jake, you are just not going to even turn on your phone. You just do not yeah. want those Aquaman spoilers. 
I'm sure as fuck not going to help Jeff Bezos out so I can see Aquaman <laughs> five days early. Now we're attacking that, Jeff that, that Bezos. That can go suck my dick. Fuck you, Jeff Bezos, you rich son of a bitch. <laughs> you and your fucking drone technology. Wanting to deliver shit by drones. That'll never happen, by the way. Was that a rumor? Or was that like a real thing Amazon was talking about doing at one time? Yes. <laughs> to both questions. <laughs> Uh, you got really angry with this, Jake. I could tell. Yeah, I, I just hate it. I don't like it. <laughs> Stupid marketing bullshit. What the fuck? The poster says I can see the movie this day. Mm-hmm. That's the day all you other motherfuckers should be able to no, see it too. No. Fuck this Amazon Prime. <laughs> I love bullshit. it. I love it. I I'm gonna be. I'm, I I feel privileged. I feel special. I feel special now walking into that. Five days earlier, I'm going to walk out and I'm just going to yell spoilers in the parking lot to like <laughs> passing patrons. Yeah. Mira's dead. Mira died. Mira, King Orm, not the king anymore. It's Aquaman, baby. He's got the yeah. trident. You should have been an Amazon Prime. Should have been an Amazon idiots. Prime member. Fucking uh, lining Jeff Bezos's wallet with more dollar bills. Fucking evil Bezos. <laughs> 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 a, lot of, a, lot of, a lot of hate for Bezos this episode. <laughs> yeah, not a fan, really. Not a fan. He's a one-pump jump, I hear. <laughs> it looks like it. Not, not surprised. Yeah. Oh, man. I hope I hope they have more of these events. I hope every movie is an event like this where, like, you can... <laughs> You yeah, pay. fuck it. Why should opening days even matter anymore? <laughs> they shouldn't. It should just all be arbitrary. They shouldn't. You just fucking go to the theater and exactly. not even know what the fuck's there. Exactly. Like, I just. <laughs> oh my! I oh my god! I turned on TNT tonight and I watched Avengers four. <laughs> they didn't. That, it was so really, weird. That'll really fucking help the fucking failing theater experience. It will. I know what the fuck's going on. It was so weird anymore. I was watching a, a rerun of season three of Franklin and Bash, and they surprised everyone by the end of it and started showing Avengers four on fucking television. They only showed it the one time, and so the, the, <laughs> and, and now you got now you got to wait. Now you got to wait two now months. You have to sit through to, Franklin and Bash. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my gosh! I don't know, man. Franklin, I never, I have never seen an episode of, of Franklin. Yeah, again, and Bash. Franklin and Bash has the most to gain from that experience. <laughs> oh my gosh, man! I could, I, I could actually, I could actually like, kind of like smell and taste the disgust from Jake when we were talking about this whole thing. It was, dude. It was palpable. It was so weird, man. It was crazy. It's like, oh, Jake's, I hate it. I hate it. I'm like, whoa, man. Jeez. <laughs> Jesus Christ, brother. Um, let's see here. Uh, yeah, anyway. Yeah, they're going to have early screenings. Let's let's talk about it. <laughs> you can, hold on, hold on. You can go to, you can go to, um, uh, let's see here. Yeah, December 15th, Saturday, December 15th for Amazon Prime members. Uh and uh, tickets can be purchased now by heading to www.amazon.com slash Aquaman movie or heading straight to the Adam Tickets website. Uh, Prime members will be allowed to purchase up to 10 tickets. The advanced screenings will be held at over 1,000 locations across the United States. Um, Regal, AMC, Arclight Cinemas, and National Amusement Theaters. Uh, I, I bought my ticket from uh, – ooh, Jake, you hate me right now because I bought one of these <laughs> tickets, don't you? 
I don't. I don't hate you. I feel seething. I feel seething hatred right now. Um, That's seething hatred. Okay. All right. All right. It's, it's, I'm just more disappointed. <laughs> You're disappointed in me. <laughs> oh my! No, I feel like my mom just walked in on me masturbating. You know, <laughs> I'm. I don't hate you, Brian. I'm just. I'm just disappointed. Yeah, I'm not mad. I just thought I raised you better. Oh, no, gosh. I know. Brian, you do know you just killed an angel, right? Every every time you masturbate, an angel dies. <laughs> um, let's see here. Uh, I mean, I have killed a lot of angels in my time. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah, shit, dude. Oh, I'm like fucking spawn. Dude. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, let's see here. Yeah, like they should, they ought to have like one of those memorial walls for all the angels that I've killed. You know what I mean? <laughs> Other angels, like the Sistine Chapel. <laughs> oh man! Oh shit! <laughs> I'm seriously. What's crazy about that is probably other angels visiting the wall are dying as they're looking for the name of a loved one. Because I just fucking rubbed another one out. You know what I mean? It's like That's people, fucking sad. Exactly. You know? <laughs> anyway. How, how, okay. Uh, if you buy your tickets from the, uh, the Adam app on your phone, you can use the code HOLIDAY7. You'll save seven bucks on your ticket. I literally got my ticket for this for five bucks after using the code. My ticket came to four fucking ninety nine. And I get to watch it five days early and spoil the fuck out of it for Jake online. <laughs> it's all I'm going to do. The day this, the day I watch this, I, seriously, from the theater, from the theater, I am just going to, I'm going to yell spoilers out in the parking lot, and then I'm going to record a podcast and just spoil it. And no, I'm, uh, I'm going to hold on to it. I'm going to hold on to everything. I just. For me, it was basically I get I didn't want to be spoiled, so I fucking I want <laughs> I'll watch it. I'm gonna watch it the five days early. Now the truth comes out. I want you know I don't know. We'll see. I'm part of me. I'm not mad about like this decision for them to do it because I'm actually seeing it that night. But on the flip side, like I'm curious to see if like this is going to be a successful way to to launch a movie. And um, it's interesting. Like if the movie, if like they've had so many pre-screenings for Aquaman I feel like they're confident in this one so we'll see um, more Aquaman news here that I wanted to go over here real quick uh, Julie Andrews has a secret role in Aquaman um, the sound, oh, that's interesting yeah this news actually came from Entertainment Weekly so it is confirmed the Sound of Music actress voices the mythic Carathon an undersea creature that holds the key to Arthur's Curry, Arthur Curry's quest to unite the Atlantean and surface worlds. I, I looked into this a little bit further, and the Karathan is a Kraken-esque sea creature whom even the near-immortal Atlanteans fear and who serves as a guardian. In the second trailer, Neil, do you remember that gigantic fucking, like, creature that kind of looked like a uh, crab or crustacean or something? And it was like, it looked like it was on fire? Yeah, yeah, I do. I believe that's the Karathan. Okay. Hell, you're fucking hilarious to hear Julie Andrews' voice. That will be hilarious. (laughs) A lot of people are just like, a a lot of people are like miffed and they don't understand like why she's in this and voicing a character. Well, but the same month we get Mary Poppins Returns. Mm -hmm. I think I kind of love it. She's not in at all. She's not in. I kind of love it because I feel like, I don't know. That's, I, 
I kind of love it because I feel like there'd be more pressure on her for Mary Poppins Returns than there is for, you know, Aquaman. for Aquaman. I like her, her reasoning as far as not taking any spotlight away from Emily, too. Yeah. And I thought that was very noble of also, her. Also kind of a nice fuck you to Disney from Warner Brothers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> they did. Yeah, I, I don't even think. OK, yeah, here we go. Um, I'll read into this a little bit more. The casting, yeah, let's see. Yeah, we talked about them going head to head, but um, they talked to uh, who were they? Jesus Christ! Where's my... <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, the casting. Who did they talk? They talked to somebody. Yeah, Aquaman producer Peter Safran. Safran, excuse me. He says we wanted the Carathan to have a voice of a classic, classic British actress, albeit somewhat digitally altered. And when we found out Julie was interested and available and excited to do it, casting her was a no-brainer. As for the timing of, go- of, of going against Mary Poppins' returns, Saffron jokingly added, who knew that Aquaman would have the real Mary Poppins this Christmas? <laughs> they had no idea, though, that these movies were going to be coming out in the same month when they filmed these, you know, like when they, when they recorded her voiceover, so... I don't know. Yeah, they know. Warner Brothers doesn't know Disney's release schedule four years at a time. Yeah. yeah so yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> Still kind of funny. Yeah. It is hilarious. Um, let's see here. Birds of Prey star Margot Robbie posted a photo on Instagram revealing the full title for the spinoff. The upcoming movie is officially named Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn. So. Everybody was just like shitting on that title. I personally do think it's pretty fucking stupid. <laughs> I kind of like it. I I'm kind of a like fan. It. I don't want to say it. That's my biggest problem with this. I just want to say birds of prey. I don't want to say. And you will. I don't want to say birds of prey and the fantabulous emancipation of one hardly quit. Don't say yeah, it. I mean, they I, don't say it. Like, we, we don't <laughs> say all the BVS bullshit every time. We just say BVS. Oh, right. You, you. If I can get angry, let me get angry. If you get angry about Jeff Bezos and these movies, let me get angry about this goddamn title. Like, no, oh, I, Jake, yeah, I'm telling you, when I say as angry as you want, but I like it. Oh no, it's. I don't care if you like it or you don't like it. I just think it's a little long and silly. But you know, and I, I'm I'm the kind of person that when I say Tu Wong Fu. I also want to say the entire rest of the title to Wong Fu. Thanks for everything. Julie Newmar or whatever the fuck it is. <laughs> uh, so like just for OCD reasons, you hate this thing because you, your it. brain's just always going to regurgitate yes, it. Yes. I'm going to be saying birds of prey and the fantabulous emancipation of what Harley Quinn. Like I will not be able to not say it, Jake. I have to. It's my OCD kicking in. No, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't hate it, nor do I love it. I just thought the movie was going to be called Birds of Prey. It's definitely with this title, we're getting a Harley Quinn movie. This is her. This is a Harley Quinn film. Yeah, I, I feel that, too. We, we kind of felt that that was going to be the case. Like, yeah. they weren't going to make 800 Harley Quinn movies at once. This is kind of going to be test the waters that this is franch- a franchise that's going to make a lot more bucks going oh, forward. Oh, they are, try- are going to try to make this their Deadpool all day, right? Okay. Oh, Yes. This is it. This is the movie where they try to take Harley Quinn and make the, her their Deadpool. That's why we're getting that R rating that they're talking about. Remember Kathy, yeah. Kathy Yan came out? Kathy Yan, the director for the movie, came out at a, at a convention 
and said this movie is going to be rated R. Yeah, that's not surprising, especially with the direction that we've seen they're taking the cartoon. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting to see. How how is this next year, two thousand twenty? I don't have a release date. I I would imagine that it's going to be. They're starting to film late this year, so it would probably be late 2019 or early 2020. Okay, that makes sense. October, November next year, probably. Yeah, are you excited, Birds of Prey? I like the castings. I mean, we'll see. I've never seen anything Kathy Ann has done. She directed a movie called Dead Pigs, which it's a movie about dead pigs. Um, <laughs> Very apt title. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I love Mary Elizabeth Winstead. I love Journey Smollett Bell. She was one of my favorite. I mean, Mary Elizabeth Winstead in Ten Cloverfield Lane, absolutely fantastic. I loved Journey Smollett Bell. I loved her in Friday Night Lights. Um, getting to see her as Black Canary. Rosie Perez is Renee Montoya. I don't know. I don't know. It, that casting just feels. I don't. I, it, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not. We'll see what Rosie Perez could do. Like, I. Hmm. I don't know. I. It, I think they could have got somebody better to play Renee Montoya. I really do. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. I don't know. Yeah, that is unfortunate. Uh, she's pretty hit. When she's good, she's really good though. But it does seem a little bit kind of um, uninspired casting. We'll see. I, I mean, if if they can do like with Deadpool, if they can have like Harley Quinn drive you and McGregor nuts in this movie, and still make and still make you and McGregor like kind of intimidating as Black Mask. We'll see. I don't know. This could this could be a lot of fun. We'll see. It's got a lot of question marks. I don't know. I'm, I'm maybe. Maybe I'm starting to t- sound like Neil here. D- DC. <laughs> DC has let me down so many times. It's let me down. You. You've hurt me, DC. I've, I'm like. I'm like. I'm like Valerie Bertinelli in the Lifetime movie. Oh, and you know what I mean. Like I, now, I, you know. I mean, I've. I'm in the woman's shelter. <laughs> nah, nah. This is horrible. Now I'm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's not. Brian, stop it. Stop it. Stop it. I, no, I want Valerie Bertinelli to make it. I want her to make it. He was horrible to you. Fuck that man. Fuck that son of a bitch. He was horrible. Never, ladies, never let a man put their hands on you. Never let him do it. That's why we're talking about birds of prey. These women will not take your shit. No. No. <laughs> uh, uh, you, they've got long movie titles to prove it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Valerie Bertinelli. Who's the other one? Who was the? Who was the? Who was the? Who was the soap opera star that was in everything? What was her name? Uh, Susan Lucci. Susan Lucci. Oh my God! <laughs> wow, nice. I'm impressed. Very good, Jake. Oh, I love it. You said Susan Lucci. She was in a bunch of fucking shit too, wasn't she? Oh yeah, she was all over the place for a while. She was. You know who's doing all these Hallmark movies? These fucking ABC Family movies now. Who's that? What is it? What is it? She was on Survivor one season, but the the Facts Life girl, Blair. What's it? What's her name? Oh, uh, Lisa Lisa Welch. Lisa Welchel. She's doing all these fucking like ABC Family like Christmas bullshit movies where like she's like the lady. She's like a florist, and she uh, she, she's you know she, her husband died, and uh, 
you know, all their girlfriends are like, you know, they get together for, you know, like wine night. And then they're all talking about, you need to be with, you need uh, the guy, the, the new veterinarian guy. You need to get with him. And she's like, no, no, no. They're like, it's been five years. You, know? <laughs> <laughs> you need to knock the cobwebs off that thing you call a vagina. And she's like, set up a date with her without her knowing, without her knowing, without her knowing. And she shows up and he's there and and then she oh, she sees him work with uh, like she sees him give like CPR to a fucking gerbil or some shit. Oh, yeah, definitely. And she's just like, oh, my God, what a sweetheart. I don't. All right. And then he like she gets flowers at her job and she's like, I'm a fucking florist. This is weird. You didn't get these from me. Fuck you. And like, that's the end of the movie. <laughs> yeah. I would not watch that. No, I, she, no, she's doing all these like, what is it? Freeform movies and these, <laughs> these ABC <laughs> family shit. I uh, believe it. I believe yeah. it. I mean, whatever she can do, the survivor thing probably got her enough notoriety to, yeah. uh, do that kind of bullshit again for another five years. Yeah. She can coast off that crap for another five years. Right. Yeah, exactly. No re- movies they'll never replay. So make sure you watch them when they first air. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, what are you talking about? Birds of prey. <laughs> 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 and I was talking about. Oh my gosh, that's weird. Because I was talking about women's shelters, and there's a women's shelter called Dove Program, and we were talking about birds of prey. That's weird, isn't it? It is weird. Yeah. I, why I always I, thought Dove was just candy. I thought it was a bar of soap. Mm. Fuck, I've been eating soap. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that one got me. (laughs) (laughs) Stupid. I hate myself. All right. um. (laughs) Star Wars news. You were supposed to be here with me, listening to Pop Culture Leftovers podcast. It's not true. That's impossible. I've heard that bumper in a while. I know. I, know, I was thinking I, the same thing. I know. Towards the end of the show, I just don't give a fuck. I just want to end it. <laughs> I just want to end the show. I just want to just want to put it out of its misery. <laughs> oh man. Uh, let's see here. Uh, man. Episode nine news. Um, the last of the new Skywalker trilogy. This news comes from Daily Beast. Um, they were talking with. Uh, they were talking with uh, Oscar Isaac, and um, I'm trying not to read this whole fucking thing. I'm trying to paraphrase it. It's not working. <laughs> Getting lazy here. Here we go. For his part, Oscar Isaac promises the still-untitled ninth film will pay appropriate homage to Leia and a Fisher's sense of fun. Quote, the story deals with that quite a bit, he says. It's a strange thing to be on the set and to be speaking of Leia and having Carrie not being around. There's definitely some pain in that. Still, he says, compared to the first two installments, there's a looseness and an energy to the way that we're shooting this that feels very different. 
Um, it's been really fun being back with JJ, with all of us working in a really close way. I just feel like there's an element of almost senioritis, you know, since everything just feels way looser and people aren't taking it quite as seriously, but still just having a lot of fun. I think that the energy is going to translate to a really great movie. Um, Fisher's absence is felt keenly on set, Oscar Isaac says, uh, as if to reassure us both. However, he reiterates, quote, it deals with the amazing character uh, that Carrie created in a really beautiful way. So that made me feel good. And I, I believe Oscar Isaac as far as like what he's saying here and how they're going to deal with Carrie and, and the way he says that it's it, they deal with her character in a really beautiful way has me kind of like excited yet kind of sad to see this. And we know that we're going to get footage, unused footage from The Force Awakens that J.J. shot. That's the footage that we're going to get in this movie. So I'm really curious as to how they're going to pull this off and what's going to happen. Yeah, I like what Oscar said a lot there, too. It'd be one thing if it was J.J. saying it right. You'd kind of think maybe it was shilly. Like, it's kind of the thing he has to say as the maker of the movie. But sure. coming from Oscar Isaac, he, he doesn't owe anyone anything, you know, as far as what he's saying about this kind of stuff. So it makes me really, really buy into what he's selling here. And I'm glad to hear it. Yeah. Yeah. So, Neil, are you excited for episode nine? I am. Um I mean, despite all JJ's sequel problems that he's had in the past, I think him taking a break and then having a different uh, creator come in and, and do what he did with The Last Jedi, Ryan Johnson, having to work with somebody else's stuff, he's going to really do a good job instead of Into Darkness style. Oh, God. So. That, was a, oh, that was a train wreck, dude. <laughs> Into Darkness style as in shit. Yes. That was an awful movie. <laughs> but yeah, I'm really excited. I like I like what Oscar Isaac said, and uh, it, I can I can get, get where he's coming from. Where it's they're done with these characters for a while, so it's kind of their last hurrah. There's no uh, school year next year, and they can just kind of cut loose and do whatever the hell they want. I hope that Disney partners up. With uh, oh you motherfucker! I knew this was going there. Yeah, I hope Disney partners <laughs> up with like fucking Walmart, and you gotta. Oh god! Yeah, they partner up with Walmart, and if you get a Walmart card, you can watch the movie ten <laughs> ten weeks earlier. Ten weeks earlier. Ten weeks. Ten weeks earlier. If you sign up for a Walmart credit card. You can go to a you can go to an exclusive viewing of Star Wars Episode Nine ten weeks earlier with the old Walmart credit card, Jake. Hope they do it. Mm. How about they just do it before we see a trailer? Yeah, you can watch the uh, animatronics if you sign up now. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, that first trailer for Episode Nine, though, right? Yeah, it was amazing. <laughs> it's not out yet. What are you I, know, I know, I know, I <laughs> know. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like you've been eating soap. <laughs> I thought it was chocolate. <laughs> oh man, this episode was shit, right? Remember, uh, remember at the top. Still of the better sh- than last week. Yeah, well, at the top of the show, you were like, "Ah, it's gonna be a great episode." Did you say great? Did you say great or good? Yeah, I think I said great. Yeah, you fixed it. It was good though. 
I mean, I'm talking in past tense. We're done, right? <laughs> I haven't hit stop yet. I guess it still has the potential to be great, Jake, in the last <laughs> couple minutes that we have together here. I mean. <laughs> All right, sweet. Let's stick to landing. <laughs> yeah, I think. Oh, my God. Hey, Brian, maybe if you bring up <laughs> like women's shelters again, that'll. <laughs> God, what was I thinking? That's terrible. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, oh, Brian. You know, I'd blocked it out of his mind. <laughs> some, real, some real edgy, some real edgy women's shelter comedy coming at you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, oh man. man! Hey, let me loosen up the audience. Uh, <laughs> yeah. If you donate twenty dollars to Planned Parenthood, you can hear have Brian's edgy humor a week early. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! My honestly, no. That's 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 a that's a good promotion. My parents probably should have used the condom. You know what I mean? <laughs> If I seriously like things would be a lot easier if I just ended up at the end of a fucking piece of latex and thrown in the garbage, you know what I mean? Oh, shit, yeah, you and me both. Jeez. Oh my god, yeah. Right? Dad, put it, <laughs> Dad, if you would just put a goddamn Jimmy hat on that night. <laughs> oh shit. Hey, 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 real quick, I know we're going to end here. We're going to end here. We're going to end here. Jake, I sent off my uh, my Ancestry.com uh, DNA sample. You don't have to jerk off or anything, which I, I did the first time. They sent it. <laughs> 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 and they sent it back to me and said, hey, that was a semen sample. We just went spit. And I was like, I should have read the instructions. So <laughs> I saw the S and just boom. <laughs> I just, I just, I just started jerking off into this thing. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I sent off my ancestry.com sample. I, I was thinking to myself, like, uh, like what if, what if I puked in it? Like, would they tell me I was related to like a garbage pail kid or some shit? <laughs> yeah, probably. That'd be kind of makes cool. sense. Yeah, but you got to spit in this thing. They send, uh, they send. Uh, what they do is they send you like a little box. You open it up, and it's got the instructions. First, you activate your account online, and then they tell you like after, like they tell you not to eat or drink anything for thirty minutes, and then you spit into this thing. And then, uh, so <laughs> I woke up one morning, and I was like, "Oh, I haven't ate or drank anything. Let me go spit in that fucking thing." So I spit in it. And then you screw on this other container. So you take off the... It's got, like, the little uh, fucking... Uh, yeah, whatever. You, you unscrew this thing, and then you pop this little container that's got this blue liquid in it. And then you tighten that until it cracks the seal on the blue liquid. And then the blue liquid mixes in with your, with your spit. And that's kind of like a, a spit stabilizer. It stabilizes your spit. <laughs> and so that keeps like your spit, I guess, like uh, good to go by the time they get to analyze it. So then I shake it up for five seconds and then I send it off to them. So, yeah, I think like in four weeks or so, four to six weeks, I'll have my results back. Yeah, and some company will have an army of Brian clones. Oh, my <laughs> God. Yeah, exactly. 
Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Didn't we see that in that movie, Replicas? Oh yeah. <laughs> I just imagine they just they get your spit. They just fucking like th- throw it into their banks and send out some random information to you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, that's when they caught the uh, Golden State Killer. Was one of his relatives did a twenty three and Me or some other DNA service, and they oh, found yeah. him through that. Oh no shit! Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Oh, so they did that, and they, that's like, hilarious. Yeah, because like they can like see like yeah. people like close relatives on like the reporting, right? Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, that was the big break that they needed to to finally catch the guy. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So hopefully you don't have any uh, serial killers in your in your family. I don't. I I would hope not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Bad I, news for them. That's all I got. Hey, Neil. Thanks a lot for joining us, dude. Well, thanks for having me. Anything you want as always. Anything you want to plug? No, not at the moment. I got nothing going on right now. <laughs> 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 Don't get too enthusiastic about it. <laughs> it's kind of nice, actually, not having every night filled up with something. Yeah, no, I bet. I yeah. bet. Yeah. Take a little break. Oh, poor Neil. Your dance, <laughs> your dance card isn't full, Neil. <laughs> Who calls yeah, it a I, who calls it a dance card anymore? Uh nobody? Uh, yeah, I don't know. What am I what's wrong? Jake, what's wrong with me? Hey No That's a different podcast. Oh fuck me. Yeah. All right, let's end this bitch. Neil, thanks I always love having you on, dude. We'll have you back on. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I love doing this. It's a lot of fun with talking to the, talking with you guys and uh hope to see you in Chicago. Yeah. Yeah, you coming? Yeah, good shit. Got my ticket. I uh, just got to figure out flights and housing. Nice. Yeah. Uh, yeah, everybody. Uh, me and Jake go to C2E2 in Chicago. It's a convention. We go there every year. So uh, a lot of members of the Leftover Army come out. So if you want to come on out and you're not a serial killer, <laughs> come on out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you can go, go out a week early, right, if you uh, become a pop culture Leftover <gasps> Patreon. Oh! Wow, we got a lot of tread on this joke, don't we? There's a whole lot of tread. <laughs> it's the joke that keeps on giving. I know you gotta love those. <laughs> hey, guess what, Leftover Army? If you send, you'll get your episode five days early. <laughs> you can you can know all the cool in jokes before everyone else. I know, I know. Yeah, <laughs> you'll, be, you'll be talking about that soap chocolate thing. No, people will be like, "What?" But sorry, you don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a conversation that's going to happen. Um, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, my God. I hate this episode so much right now. Um, let's end it, guys. Uh, and just like all good leftovers say in their doggy bags, thank you for your patronage and thanks for listening. We'll see you in a few days if you sign up for. <laughs> no shit. All right, later, All right, y'all. Later, I'm out. Thanks for listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Congratulations. I don't know how you did it. I couldn't do it. You people need a t shirt saying, I just listened to two hours of nonsensical crap. Anyway, if you'd like to reach the Pop Culture Leftovers cast, you can email them at comments at popcultureleftovers.com. 
You can also follow them on Twitter at PC Leftovers or like their Facebook page. They'd love to hear from you. They're all pretty sad and lonely. One of them is homeless, but I didn't say that. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat. But it's all been done before. We don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good it, toss it, good it, taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it. Can't erase it. Let's embrace it. Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over counterculture. Pushovers. Pop culture. Leftovers. And with the uncool kids. What's to say has already been said. Leftovers. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. Podcasts that are original and good. Have already been done before, so we should separate the wheat from the chaff. And we're the chaff, the crap, even though we're the shit. Woo! We're the leftovers picking up the scraps, dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good it, toss it, good it, taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it. Let's embrace it. Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture carryover. Counterculture pushover. Pop culture leftovers. And with the uncool kids. What's to say has already been said Leftover Pretty sure that the only talent Is the band that's singing this Pop culture leftovers Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't embrace it, let's embrace it, Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carryover, counterculture, pushovers, pop culture, leftovers. And the uncool kids, what's to say has already been said, leftovers. Pretty sure the only talent is the band that's singing this, pop culture, leftovers. Oh, fuck, I forgot to talk trip, talk about Sam Tripoli. Um, Tripoli's joining the cast, and uh, he um, he's having us on his show on Playboy Radio on Tuesday, and just getting people lined up for that has been, uh, you know, a nightmare. And that's right here in town. I'm like, hey, can we run over to Sam's? Um, <laughs> so, um, but yeah, you know, Sam's on the Naughty Show, so if you guys, uh, you know, watch that or listen to that, that's uh you know we'll, we'll be on there on tuesday with i think me and nikki are gonna go on there i'm not sure about tara or asa i'm gonna see if i can get them to go with me awesome cool yeah we can mention that too yeah definitely. we'll mention it yeah tuesday to this tuesday night on uh playboy radio uh the naughty show with sam tripoli okay Sweet. awesome awesome who's also joining the cast we just you know what i did not put that on the indiegogo that's amazing it's been crazy it's been a crazy I, I actually saw that on imdb so it is on there but yeah yeah he's uh he's so talented and, and hilarious and he's perfect in this universe because he's already you know the naughty show is a as a hybrid you know comedy slash burlesque type thing so right. he's already got a huge following in that in that universe. So I was just pissing while I was talking to you guys. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it sounded echoey, and I heard belts. <laughs> that's, that's the only that's, that's, that's the only soundbite we're going to include of that whole interview. It's just you talking about you're talking, you're pissing. <laughs> this is an interview with Mike Hatton, and, and it's like, yeah, I'm pissing. Right. <laughs>